Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untreated Media Podcast. Welcome to the final episode of 2022. We always like to take a little bit of a Christmas slash holiday break. Uh, we take the last two weeks off, just recoup, theoretically come back better and stronger than before. <laughs> um, we already are scheming up some big things for 2023. We would very much like 2023 to be a big year for the channel. Um, but with this being the last podcast episode of the year, we always throw out news topics for the week we just completely abandon it so sorry across the spider-verse trailer you look amazing or you know christopher nolan potentially blowing up a state <laughs> i love all the memes Dog, of this. i love i love all the memes and uh i brought the brought the weirdest like mental connection i brought it up to some of my co-workers i was we were laughing about it a little bit and one of the old guy you know how like you always have like that, that old guy at work who's like way too like historically like connected to the news um he's like hey was didn't like wasn't like north korea testing nuclear weapons like a few months ago or something like that i was like as christopher it was a front it was a front (laughs) so we're not talking any movie news we're just talking the best and the worst of 2022 we've got a lot of things to go over like best movies the worst movies the best mm-hmm. moments uh the most disappointing stuff and then in typical like end of the year sports fashion we have what we will dub the uncharted media movie award or media awards in terms of like comeback player or comeback mm-hmm. of the year uh mvp <laughs> who we think really was like the big mvp in the entertainment industry um up and comers we got a lot of random stuff i can't hear the word mvp without thinking of that blooper from uh parks and rec he was like well let me yeah she had she had come come on her back i was like oh no stop that's comeback not mvp no yeah you said comeback don't worry about it don't worry about it it's it's fine it's josh living in his own little world as always dude as always josh you watching anything good in your own little world um, I don't know about, hey, <laughs> I don't know about good. Um, I did, <laughs> so speaking of good, I did finally, you know, we're coming up to the end of the year, finally watch everything everywhere all at once. Um, it's exactly as good as, as I thought it was going to be. Um, you and I were talking a little bit. It's uh, definitely, it tries to do, uh, be, sorry, let's rephrase. It is as wacky as it needs to be through the entire movie for better or for worse um at no point do i'm like okay we get it haha you're in a multiverse cool 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 but it's so i mean it's it made me cry man like i don't don't know like that that, like final like 20 30 minutes is like hard in the paint and i was it was one of those like i was emotionally ready but like i was not ready for it um i love (laughs) Without delving into spoilers for the movie for those that haven't seen it, because I'd still recommend it. It's just bonkers and probably not for everyone, just in terms yeah, of how absolutely. absurd it is. I just love the... I love good reveals, as we'll talk about later. Um, I love the reveal that while Michelle Yeoh is the main character of the movie, she is not the MVP of the movie. When the veil mm. gets lifted of who the real MVP is, um, I don't know about for you, Josh, but for me, it was her husband. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you get that reveal of why he matters so much, I'm just like, oh, my heart is just melting. It's beautiful. God, and like he, like, and he's he's so good. Like, it's so hard to describe without giving out spoilers. But like, dude, he's got pack. so many. 
so many lines out even outside of like the speech that's in the trailer that like we should just be kind um speech but like monologue but like there's so many lines outside of that that hit so hard um i don't know about you specifically the one where she's in the version where she she's a martial arts movie star and if that whole conversation he's like i mean i don't know you know you might think you know weirdly about this or whatever but at the end of the day i would have loved to be poor and and live above a laundromat and do taxes with you for the rest of my life and i was like oh oh my heart <laughs> it's so good um on the opposite end of the spectrum um, I, also, I i know I, I saw that a, like a month ago um <laughs> you did I, see morbius oh yeah we talked about it on the pod did we yeah, I tend dude. to block out all Morbius things. <laughs> I do too. Hey, we'll be talking about it Morbius a lot today, though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, but uh, I finally watched the Hateful Eight. Um, so oh. I know. So here's the thing. That sounded My a lot dad... more disdainful than I meant it to. I just it. Oh no, no, no! I'm leaning all the way into that disdainful. Um, I I know that I have a bias against Quentin Tarantino. I know that I I, I ha- tend to not like his movies, but in typical good, Five Good Things fashion, I always try to give him the benefit of the doubt. And my dad is like big into like, you know, like cowboy movies and stuff like so that. Like so like most middle American white dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, hey, I had heard some good things about the hateful eight um would you dad do you want to watch it and he's like yeah cool cool. so we watched it and my dad is very much the it doesn't take much to please him when it comes to to movies um and honestly that's one of my favorite things about watching movies with him is because sometimes i'll hate something and he'll be like you know what i kind of liked it though i I enjoyed it It was fun but i was like you know what yes simple simple perspectives don't get too complicated all right that's that's fine you know we're here to have a good time uh, but even my dad at the end of it, the hateful eight was like, um, Josh, what is all, what is it you always say after a movie you don't like? Well, yeah, that was a thing that happened. And I was like, Oh, 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 oh. oh. uh, yeah. The hateful eight is a thing that happened. Um, I am not someone to criticize cussing in a movie, but it is way, they curse way too much. Um, the excessive use of the N word is, um, Quentin Tarantino in a nutshell. It is, and it, I hate that he tries to be like, it's a period piece. That's why it's okay. I'm like, yes, but it's a white guy writing a period piece of, uh, that is including this word. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit, didn't sit well with me. Um, the kind of quote unquote bait and switch towards the middle of the movie, really hated it. Um, I liked that it was, it was a who done it. I en- was enjoying it. Um, and then they were like, hey, yeah, you know how it's a who done it? We're going to go ahead and like, completely throw that on its head and that's why that that this movie's so good it was like no you know what honestly that made me hate the movie uh i i i you and i are very like i love a good whodunit and it was honestly for the first hour i was locked in like the cursing was a little much but like i can forgive it a little bit if if it's like if i'm entertained um okay but like for context, an hour in for context the the cursing must have been real bad because Josh, you worked in a kitchen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I think partially it was just the addition the, of the N word. Yeah, I was about to say that specific um, word or other specific it, words probably used in a Tarantino movie. I just, yeah, just there's and oddly enough, no foot, no uh, foot close ups in this film. Um, Shame. But like, I know. Uh, I just. 
as always, Samuel Jackson's fantastic in these movies. And that, that's what that, I think that what w- was what was hard is everyone's acting their butts off. Like every, I believe everyone's character. I like they feel like real people, um, which is, I think, why it feels worse when they start doing like stuff that doesn't make sense. And it, it's just and then it just kind of ends and it's like, all right, cool. I'm glad I just wasted two hours like and it was funny as i almost recommended that we i was like hey you know there's that ex- four episode extended ed- edition on on netflix now for the hateful eight and i was like i, I almost said hey let's watch that instead and then now I, now having seen the hateful eight i'm glad that we i did not well speaking of stuff that's on streaming just a friendly reminder here josh the banshees of ishirin is now on hbo max Stop I'm watching today. that tonight. Yeah, same. Guaranteed. I'm just like uh, Colin <laughs> Farrell, and it's the same guy that did uh, in Bruges. Yes, please. I I actually think this this next. I'm going to take some time this week and go down the list of like the top movies for the year or whatever, and just write down, make a list of all the ones I haven't seen, and it's probably not going to happen by the end of the year. But to make sh- just to be like, because there was, and all in all, this year was a banger for movies before I'm so sorry, here's the before thing. we get into it did Here, you see anything that, that this here's year, the thing with this movies week? this year i struggled with top moments because we had a lot of good movies but not a lot of like individual moments that i could think of so i have a combination of just media across the board of movies and tv yeah. we had not as many movies as i thought we did but we had a lot of quality movies uh i'm yes. in the same camp there's stuff that i want to see before the end of the year i really want to see the fablesman and now that that's on home video i think I want to see it in the theaters, but at the same time, I don't feel like I need to see it in the theaters. Like, if I was interested at all in seeing The Way of Water, that would have to be a theater movie. Fablesman, not yeah, as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is yeah, absolutely I've heard that's incredible. To which so I'm gonna have to... Disney Plus, once again, looks embarrassed of shocker there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Only thing on my docket is I started my playthrough for The Last of Us um, yeah. before the TV show started. And I have the PS4 remaster. I'm not dropping $70 to buy a remaster of a remaster, much as I love the first <laughs> Last of Us. I still don't understand this. And yes, I am a little bitter because they scrapped a remake of the first Uncharted game to do a remaster of Last of Us again. Like, but but Uncharted needs it more. Um, <laughs> if Uncharted just had good controls, like ev- everything would be different. Honestly, like, really, because I got a friend. <laughs> It'd be a great game. Because I got a friend that's like screen playing, and we go through the second one right now, and he he's doing okay, but the controls are just wonky through the first three. Yes. And I completely, she's like, roll, Nathan. He's trying. He's best. <laughs> like, go that way. Which way? You're just going to get shot a bunch, but keep going this way. It's just wonky. <laughs> But we're playing Last of Us. Heather and I are now on the final season of Smallville. Nice. On our long journey around season 10. We got to arguably one of my favorite episodes. I'd seen it before called Homecoming. Basically, it's the Christmas story of Superman. Of You see his past, you see his present, and then you get tiny little glimpses of what the future will be through the mm. eyes of Brainiac 5. And I'm going, I'm, I am on board with this. Um, not, not much, I don't think. So... Before we get into it, in typical fashion, unlike some other places out there, we want to hold ourselves accountable here. So in (laughs) annual best and worst tradition, the very last episode of every year, we got to look back. 
at the predictions that we made at the beginning of the year. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's. I listened back. (laughs) To be fair, Josh, we have gotten much, much better at this. And some things I still think we should have been right about, but it's not our fault that movie makers decided to rebel against our wishes. Um, (laughs) Listen back. Kicking us off with the biggest flops of 2022. Love it, love it, love it. I put Puss in Boots 2. That is still to be decided. I believe that comes out this weekend. It does. Um, Supposedly it's getting really good reviews. Uh, Josh also has Box Office Mojo up, so he can probably look some of these up. Um, I put Death on the Nile because... It stars an actual cannibal in Army Hammer and also just marketing, I'm sure, <laughs> was having a rough go of that. But Death on the Nile and Morbius. Well, I don't know about Death on the Nile's numbers, but I hit it on the head with Morbius there. It even got a re-release. Yeah. That still didn't help. Uh, uh, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll be touching Morbius again in, in a bit. But yeah, Morbius, Morbius was not It, was it not wasn't good. Morbin time? It was not. <laughs> let's, uh, let's see here. Oh. Um, what do, yeah, definitely uh, got what? Uh, why? Why? No, give me. What are you doing? While while Josh Sorry. is looking up Death on the Nile, Josh only had one movie on his flops list, and it was Scream slash Scream Five slash Five Cream. <laughs> that, I was so wrong on that. <laughs> how that did okay? To your credit, I don't think it like destroyed the box office or anything. It did. No, it yeah. did okay, but while it wasn't my favorite movie of the year. I think it contributes to something much larger that I will definitely be harping on later. Um, here's where I really pat myself on the back. We next talked about sleeper hits. Hey, and I yeah. said, I said y'all are sleeping not on the quality, but on the box office success of Uncharted. I said Uncharted mm-hmm. would be a sleeper hit. And here's where I'm going, oh, wow, I am the magic man. I said <clears throat> Uncharted would finish his theatrical run between 300 and 400 million dollars worldwide. It ended its run at 401. Atta boy. I'm going, oh, this is almost as good as the time that I predicted Deadpool's opening weekend within 10 million dollars. <laughs> Which is like it's crazy to think about that you you can do that. It uh, on box that, that's o- like the box office is up for, for some reason. I'm Rain Man when it comes to box office. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> I'm not good at much I, I, else, but I'm good at box yeah. office. Uh, I also said a sleeper hit would be the black phone. I think that was a modest. Yeah. I think that was a modest success at the box office. It, it, it did okay. I'm I'm trying to find it on uh the you know the chart I'm I'm using, but like well the chart it, says it, <laughs> it it did okay. I think partially because it. I hate saying that marketing the marketing for it sucked, but like. It was. It, it wasn't, wasn't everywhere. No. It, yeah, it wasn't very good. So, uh, it's still on my list of movies I need to see this year. Tom Peacock. So... <laughs> worst name for a streaming service until HBO just I, becomes I Max, re- and then Max will be the worst. <laughs> yeah. So then, sleeper hits. Josh. Josh is not yeah. as good at the box office. I'm not. I'm terrible. <laughs> Josh is. He only had two movies for his sleeper hits. Fantastic Beasts three. Oh, and yeah. Lightyear. Love that. Both of those severely underperformed. Mm-hmm. Ironically, both of those potentially could have had the same contributing factor. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't want to go down that road. Uh, yeah. I think Fantastic Beasts 3 more suffered just because of fatigue and lack of interest. And also, Light, yeah, Lightyear supposedly Lightyear might thing. have also been a quality issue. Supposedly that was just kind of 
fine. Still haven't seen Lightyear. Don't really have an interest in it. Uh, yeah, and from everything I've heard too, it's it's almost bec- also because like they uh, they did. I think they did the side by side release for Lightyear, didn't they? They they did the no. streaming and no, or was it? It was just they, theaters. Okay. It was just okay. the mar- the marketing for Lightyear was awful. Not t- uh, not saying what the movie they would is. Have, yeah, they would have had to have um, marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we said for the biggest hits of the year, uh, I said that I said the Batman would be a big hit. Mm-hmm. That definitely was. I said the number one movie of the year would be Doctor Strange two. It's up there, but it's I think it's like what number it three. Is, it is number two at okay over, at over four hundred uh, million. Okay, so decent guess. Uh, Aquaman two. We can't, don't know yet. that can't be held against me. That got delayed. Uh, Jurassic. <laughs> it made zero dollars in 2022. <laughs> didn't, unlike Batgirl, it didn't lose the studio money. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, I also <laughs> said Jurassic World Dominion. Um, I think that made decent amount of money, even though it wasn't very it good. Did. And then Josh, it, uh, 37, 37 million. Uh, th- 376 million sorry there you I go. Can't that read sounds numbers. better i can't uh, numbers are not my forte i don't know why i'm the one with the stat sheet josh's <laughs> number one box office movie of the year for 2022 he said would be wakanda forever which i think is what number three right now it is n- number number three is still going okay and then the other one he learned from his mistakes with the first movie in this franchise when he said it would flop but he said Sonic 2 would be one of the highest grossing movies. He went from zero to completely believing in the gospel of the thighs. And, and to, to be fair, Sonic 2 is incredible. It's so, better than the first by a wide margin. I like the first. Oh, dude, it is. Uh, it's, I mean, it's in the top 10 top grossing movies of the year. So, I mean, okay, cool. cool I wasn't cool. right, but like it's it's above black adam <laughs> oh <laughs> so paramount doesn't have to lie about the numbers to feed their own ego exactly mm. uh then we go down to our marvel predictions uh yes. i said andrew garfield will be revealed to be the venom verse spider-man uh, i feel like well, that was in the cards but andrew garfield oh, yeah. walked at the beginning away of the year it. absolutely yeah because we heard at the beginning of the year we had no reason to think otherwise and andrew garfield supposedly was in talks and then he walked away for Various reasons. He probably saw the screenings of Morbius. Yes. Uh, I said cameos galore in Multiverse of Madness. Um, but here, nope. here's where I <laughs> shot my really shot myself in the foot. I said Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine suit, the OG Fantastic Four, Deadpool, Ghost Rider, and oh, so close. I said James McAvoy, but not Patrick Stewart, would be Professor oh. X. I was oh so close. <sighs> Disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> what's crazy is like all of those cameos would have made the movie better. <laughs> Save it for Secret Wars, I'm sure is what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I said allegedly. in Multiverse of Madness, Wanda will say, let there be mutants or Wanda will create mutants. Nope. Uh, Not I said, even close. I said Korg will die in Love and Thunder. Well, I mean, he got disassembled and became just <laughs> a <close>. face. <laughs> he probably should have died. Or heaven forbid, a single god die except for the guy in the beginning. That would have been nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 And then the easiest softball in the world. I said Shuri will become the new Black Panther. For Easy. now, I said for now. I think somebody else will be Black Panther at some point. Uh, Josh agreed with that. And then I said Namor will be the villain for Black Panther two. 
which actually ended up being correct. We, you and I going in from the trailer thought that there was potentially somebody else in the background. Yes. Um, um, Josh, on the other hand, Josh thought <laughs> oh no. that the villain oh for no. Black Panther 2 would be Craven the Hunter. I, okay, to my credit, there were rumors that very convincing rumors at the time and uh, that there was a possibility. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was also before we found out it was Namor. So yeah, fight me. And Josh <laughs> said one of the gods that will die in Love and Thunder will be Beta Ray Bill. No, um, <laughs> he, but- he would have had to exist first. Yes. Uh, and then lastly, oh, Josh just needs a hug after this one. He said, I just swing for the fences and hope for the best of things. This he said point. the next Sony movie after Morbius will be Amazing Spider-Man 3. I can, I Not even like the next him. one announced. The next one to actually come out. Granted, like, Madam Web and Craven were already middle of shooting. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Those are getting backburnered until Amazing Spider-Man 3 comes out. <laughs> All right, fight me. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I Morbius, very, Will. To, to be fair... After No Way Home, we were riding the high of No Way Home like for a while. Like, oh my gosh, the, anything is possible now. And uh, then we how saw foolish more we were. Some, yeah. <laughs> how foolish we were in our optimism. So then, uh, switching to DC, I said the Court of Owls is actually the villain in The Batman. <sighs> Which technically you could be right. We don't know, <laughs> but in the case of the Batman as a standalone movie, no, I was wrong when I said the court was yeah. there, and then I also said the Waynes were members of the court. Again, could be revealed in the sequel. Uh, I said that Vandal Savage would be the villain in Black Adam, which probably would have okay. been better than Nameless Sabak, but yeah, here's why I really pat myself on the back. Henry Cavill will cameo at the end of Black Adam. And it almost didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It almost didn't happen. And uh, it's really funny because this this was the year you decided to not to not say, hey, there's going to be a Man of Steel 2 this year. And announce, and what you happens? were right. Is... And then you were wrong. <laughs> it's the same thing that happened for years about this will be the year that we get progress on Obi-Wan. This will be the year that yeah. we get progress on Obi-Wan. The year that I don't say anything about Obi-Wan is the year they finally push that into production because that's just how it's going to go. <laughs> Out of spite, too. If I remember right, I said, all right, well, if you're not going to say it, I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, on the record? Uh, mm, I'll have to go down the list when we get to our general predictions, but you might have. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I also said that Peacemaker will hint at or introduce Green Arrow. Uh, that was we I have mean, more season left, two. Yeah, we've got other characters that they reference, but no, no Green Arrow yet. Uh, Josh said we will see Aquaman a cer- out the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman has very special relations, just like Kanye. It's got a weird kink, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh said we will see a circus at the end of the Batman setting up uh, Robin T's. Nope. Yeah. Uh, um, which, in retrospect, I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm. I'm very glad they ended up the way they did. So you were you were close. You just had to strike it and reverse it here. Uh, yeah. You said there will be hints to Mister Freeze, and there will be no hints whatsoever to a Joker. <sighs> yeah. So close. Well, you just had to switch them. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I'm not 100% convinced that that's Joker at the end. That could easily be tr- Trickster or something like that. So, but it is what it is. Uh, then moving to our very brief horror predictions, 
I said in Scream, this will be the first Scream movie where the opening person will actually survive. Spoiler alert, that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> and then I said Dewey will be the killer. I was nope. wrong. Dewey died. He had his intestines <laughs> ripped out. Um, I mean, he can come back from that. That's oh, fine. yeah. David Arquette's been much worse. He was WCW champion. Um, Ooh. And then I said... He still wrestles to this day, by the way. Like, boss. He does hardcore he matches. Is. He's crazy. Um, I said Allison will be the sole survivor in Halloween Ends. So not quite right on that one. Other people survived. And I said Michael Myers will definitively die. Yeah, I'd say he pretty definitively dies and ends, just like the franchise is right now. Um, I think you're right about this one, Josh. I think we need to double check, though. Uh, you said we will finally get movement on Robert Eggers' Nosferatu movie. Uh, yeah, 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 because we had some castings. And some, they, I think they, I don't, uh, Yeah, because didn't somebody... Google machine. Yeah, because we got... Uh, that fantastic thumbnail I did with Skarsgård yeah, yeah, is our yeah, yeah, Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. No, she left. She is. She got yeah, yeah, Lily she Rose left. Depp. So, yeah, you're yeah, right yeah. about that one. Yeah, yeah, I got it. All right. Okay. <laughs> and that's because he needs to go back to his roots because North. Anyway. Oh, I'm, I'm going to guess Josh is going to talk about Northman later. Okay. Um, And then it, other it's movies. It's been like 10 episodes. So, yeah, I have to. <laughs> then other things, other movies that were set to come out in 2022. Uh, for Uncharted, I said Sam won't be physically in the movie. So I was off about that one. He's just barely in the movie. Nolan North, the voice of Nathan Drake, will cameo in the movie. Absolutely right. And one of the only times that they actually play the Uncharted theme. Uh, and then Sully's mustache will be in the beginning and the end. I was half Nope. Right. It only shows up at the end. <laughs> stupid Mark Wahlberg and his stupid face. Uh, Fantastic Beast 3. <laughs> Tell me how you feel, buddy. <laughs> the movie has enough promise in the future. You just got to not have yeah, Wahlberg yeah. being just Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Josh, I'll have to answer this one for me because I still haven't seen Fantastic Beasts 3. That's right, which is weird that I watched it, yeah. Uh, I said Newt will begin to take a back seat and Dumbledore will take over more. <laughs> so, okay. no. I was half right. Um, Dumbledore becomes a more central figure to the story, but Newt does not take a back seat. Does that okay. make sense? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's they, so here's the thing. I would encourage you to see it. Oh, I once. will at some point. Uh, it is definitely worth one watch. Cause there's some like interesting stuff that they do. And like, you know me, like anytime they try to do something interesting with, with the magic and Harry Potter, I, I always, I'm always fascinated. Um, I just wish that they had stuck to the fantastic beast part. Um, because that was the reason I was in on, in on it to begin with, but whatever, you know, Grindelwald. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I also said Jurassic world dominion. One of the original cast members will die and it will probably be Dr. Grant. Um, unfortunately they all survived. Um, and unfortunately I saw dominion is better than, um, <laughs> fallen kingdom at least. And then I once mean, again, that's a low bar. <laughs> once again, Josh is getting better at this predicting thing. I am. He said Shadow <laughs> will make a cameo at the end of Sonic 2. Which which is crazy because at the time that I made that prediction, I was just like, you know what? Let's just throw this out in the ether and, you know, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, whatever. And and then Sonic 2 happens. Uh, and not only do we get uh, Chaos Sonic, but also, I guess spoilers, um, but also a, a, a Shadow cameo at the end. 
that's not that's not your scariest accurate prediction yet though um so oh? our general predictions i had a bunch of general predictions one that I, again proud of myself warner brothers discovery merger will result in a new mega app however Which... it will not launch in 2022 so i was hey. doubly right on that uh Got i said boy. dick grayson will be teased in an upcoming dc movie Given that Batgirl was canceled, I'm not willing to rule that this prediction was wrong. There it is. That I, was the that was the hint. I think I think we would have gotten references in Batgirl. So I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I have I have no doubts. It's a Schrodinger's. I was about to say Schrodinger's Grayson, Dick? but <laughs> I caught myself on like Josh last week. Um, I said the Nightwing movie will find a new director and start up again. Oh, hello darkness, my old friend. My old friend. Um. I said a Justice Society spinoff movie will be announced. Um, it's... The Rock said that they're developing a Hawkman movie, to which all of the executives are going like, hell we are. Um, <laughs> the Rock also thinks his movie made way more money than it did. The Rock thinks uh, his mo- movie made money, period. Yeah, because right now, they it, it, even if like the first figure of... Uh, we we can get into this later but like even if the first figure of what the budget was is correct they're still not breaking even right now so it's like all right dude, yeah and whatever. then all the numbers the rock's throwing out include video on demand releases which do not factor into box office like eventually this movie will break even no 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 you want your movie to break even and be positive when it comes out right out of the gate yeah, yeah. You don't uh, want people to have to who like me who are out of pity going to wait till it comes to streaming. Hey, look at that! It's on streaming. I can watch it for free. Uh, I guess not really free technically. <laughs> I also said that a new Friday the Thirteenth movie will be announced. Um, partially right. It's a TV series, not a movie. Um, the next James Bond will be cast. Push that off to no news. Push that prediction off to twenty twenty four. I think. Uh, the Fantastic Four will be cast. I think they're cast. We just don't know who it is yet. I think the best chance was D23, but we didn't get it. Mm, I, don't, I see. Honestly, they've started I, I, pre-production. They've started pre-production on it. So I, that's fair. I think they've, they have their people or at least like two or three out of the four. They just haven't told us yet. Um, so wait, so are you saying that that was where we were by the time D23 happened? No, or I, since, I since said D23. in my defense, when I made this prediction, Fantastic Four was still scheduled to come out next yes. year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Netflix will test out spaced out releases, and I'm gonna count Stranger Things season four as that test because we mm-hmm. split up that season. Whether they want to say it's to finish CGI or whatever else, I mm, I think it was them testing the waters for spaced out release. And to your credit, they it seemed to be testing theater releases as well with mm-hmm. uh, the Glass Onion, which we'll also talk about later. Um, I said a new Creature from the Black Lagoon movie will be announced. That, nope, not even a sequel to The Shape of Water. Um, nope. And lastly, I said Disney will announce a Atlantis movie for Disney+. Plus. Uh, I have pain in my soul. Uh, and then Josh, so some of these were, were really close, but no cigar. <laughs> in typical Josh form, I swing as hard as I can and hope for the best. And some of them <laughs> were like a home run distance, but missed the foul pole by like 10 feet. Uh, you said a new Star Wars trilogy will be announced to be the older public. We got no new Star Wars movie news, so can't be faulted for that. Uh, you said However, set- can, have you seen have you seen those uh, those leaked set photos of Acolyte? Yes. I'm going, oh, okay. 
Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> you said Static Shock will be cast, and I'm going. Uh, that's assuming that movie's still alive. Um, yeah, I has heard. A, has everywhere. an electric current in it. Um, here's the one that I'm going. Oh, so close, Josh. You said a Constantine will be movie will be announced, but not with Keanu. No, it's because so like close. I was like, it's because like you and I, I love the the that original Constantine, but as much as I love Keanu, I I would really have liked to not go back to that particular one. Give us a Hellblazer style, um, Constantine, but um, I guess that's not going to happen. So you were close, but no so cigar. close. That's like I a, literally that's a shot in the dark. But home run distance, just 10 feet foul. It, 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 it binks right off the foul pole. That's, if it hits the foul pole, that's still a home run. Look, I don't know anything about baseball, okay? Oh, <laughs> um, then you said a new Teen Titans movie will be announced? Nope. Uh, check back on that prediction in about a month or two. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Halo. <laughs> you said the Halo series will be terrible. I'm pretty sure that's subjective, but you're right. Oh. <laughs> all right yeah i'll take that i'll take um, that as a, as a win you also I, said I, a, I don't want to take that as a win but i'll take that as a win <laughs> sticking with video games you said a god of war tv series would be announced and i believe that's amazon is it not uh i don't think it's like i personally haven't seen anything like official official but no I, google I've, i think I, I think it is god of war for amazon God of War. And then lastly for Josh's... Ragnarok was a banger, by the way. Yes, it was. I've seen playthroughs of it. Um, And then lastly for Josh's general predictions, he said a Harry Potter TV series would be announced for HBO Max, to which I go, I felt like that was in discussion at one point, but that might have been time, under the yeah. old regime. Um, It just looks like it's still rumored. There's been talk for God of War stuff forever, though. There is, and I, I honestly, I've seen a lot of the cat, a lot of the fan castings, and um, none of them. Like, I like the Momoa one, but something just doesn't. Just keep Christopher Judge. Life. Honestly, I've seen that one where he's like, he posed by a side by side, and I was like, yeah, put a beer on that boy, let's go. He does the voice, why not? But also, just like Christopher Judge is sixty, Rados in those games is already older, so could line it up does, perfectly. It absolutely so the the thing that I will say is it absolutely depends on where in the timeline they set the show because if it, if they're gonna go if they're gonna start in Greece and then move from there that's that's a whole nother conversation because then then you need somebody younger to start with and then to grow into the role a little bit so I guess we'll just get what Liam Hemsworth I think he's available right he's, he's <laughs> Captain replaced. <laughs> So before we get into our predictions, as per usual, this episode is sponsored by TeePublic, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch, whether it is mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, whatever you want with our various Uncharted Media designs. Go support the show in that way. And also, just subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to us on, was iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, help us get to 1,000 subscribers. I'm going to put this on the record now. 1,000 subscribers is our 2023 goal. God, yeah! Gosh, that's terrifying. It's, it's a big goal. But I think you guys can help us get there. We have some things planned in the future that hopefully will draw in new movie fans to help join this fun little party that we've got. Now, best and worst of 2022. 
there's some big divides here. We've got a lot of good, yes. and we've got a lot of bad. So these are typical yeah. awards fashion, <laughs> and the categories are best movies, worst movies, underrated movies, most disappointing movies, best moments, breakout player of the year, MVPs, and comeback player of the year. Josh, where are we starting first? And also, I, we tried to limit this to five per category, or else we would just have a whole bunch of certain yeah. movies. Uh, I should have texted you because I only did five of the categories. <laughs> I, and I, no, to be fair, I texted Josh ahead of time saying, do not feel like you need to do all of these categories. Yes. Some of them, if Josh does not have his best or his worst movies, I will f need to find somebody else because no, 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 no. I have those. the yeah, basics. Yeah, yeah. You should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what I don't, is the name of the episode? <laughs> I don't know what the best movie of the year is. I just we'll go with Morbius, I guess. Just out of <laughs> it's the first movie that comes to everyone's mind when it comes I mean, to cinema. It's on this list twice. I won't lie to you. <laughs> so okay, in that sense, I'll I'm gonna be a little different than Josh. I think here anything that's I mean, on my most good. disappointing list cannot also be on my worst list just to try okay. just to give some variety here because I, I, there's some movies <laughs> i hate for one reason that i hate for other reasons and that's fair that's completely fair i have uh only one on my most dis dis disappointing list uh and that's because it disappointed me so much okay uh let's go ahead and get in there yeah, man let's um, get into our most disappointing movies of 2022 so if the listeners of the pod knew how hyped I was for Northman um, and then Northman happened um, and it was fine. Uh, and I think to me, be, and maybe this is, this is my fault. Maybe this is me. This, maybe this is not the, the movie's fault uh, because to me, the movie could not just be fine. It had to be good or great. Um, because it's a Robert Eggers movies and I think so highly of him. Um, but it was okay. What, at best. Did you not want a ding dong fight in a volcano? <laughs> the magical smoke that, that covers their, their junk, but Hey, Hey, full frontal for Arna Taylor joy. That's fine. Whatever. Um, I, okay. To be clear here, I do have an issue with that where the, where women has to do full frontal, no, no issues whatsoever. And then the guy has to fight naked and they're like, mm, let's CGI some clouds. Like just so on, they don't man. accidentally slice and dice too much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was my ultimate issues with the movie were with the main character uh, in that um, he spends all this move, this time getting away from the story of revenge. And then the la at the peak moment, he decides, you know what? revenge is all right with me <laughs> and it goes back i was like all right dude whatever i don't i, I don't i don't want to like you your arc is ruined now thanks appreciate it um so it, it is what it is it i'm it's the most disappointing for me i think because i had such high hopes for it and i was so hyped um it, it was akin to 2021's the green knight i was so hyped for the green knight and then it was okay at best um it, so it, i have a habit of watching like medieval style movies that disappoint me this is i don't know what i'm expecting <laughs> mine's completely different I, so i got three i will start with the 
like in descending of like mildly disappointed to definitely disappointed um mildly okay. disappointed primarily because i didn't have that much expectations okay and at the end of the day it's not awful black adam i was disappointed in this just i didn't have the highest of expectations but i expected more competent than what we got yeah, like yeah. i just i just want to talk with whoever oh. edited this movie because there's some weird choices throughout but especially in the first half it is not a bad movie it's my number three most disappointing because i can at least watch it and it brought us back henry cavill even if it's only for one more time um there is some good stuff here but there's also a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to me hey you just awoken black adam from his slumber he immediately starts speaking english after taking a nap like, when he comes out of the tomb, he's speaking Kandakian. Then someone knocks him out. And then when he wakes up, he immediately starts speaking English. What? Yeah, no, that tracks. Um, but also, like, <laughs> he's not an anti-hero in this movie at all. More of a good guy because The Rock has a very fragile ego. And I'll tell that to his face. Um, it, it wasn't a bad movie, but did not live up to the quality that yeah, Black Adam and especially the Justice Society deserve Black. Um, Doctor Fate and Hawkman are awesome. They're perfect. Cyclone and Adam Smasher are in the movie as well. It's just fine. I I just wanted a more entertaining or more cohesive movie. Just just better. It wasn't the worst movie of the year. Even the most disappointing comic book movie. The most disappointing comic book movie for me. Has to be, if I could. There we go. It has to be Doctor Strange: uh, and Multiverse yeah, yeah, yeah. of Madness. You know what? Now that you bring it up, yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Uh, this the uh, the Multiverse of Madness is one of the most disappointing movies of the year for me. It's the um, most disappointing that... thing since my son. <laughs> I want to have kids, so <laughs> uh, that I know of. Um, but I. It really, and maybe, again, maybe this is on us. Um, you know what? No, I'm going to take a stand. It is not on us because the marketing for this movie. It's on, all led us, it's on Marvel's marketing department. Absolutely. All led us to believe that this movie was going to be a much bigger deal than it ended up being. Um, it struggled. I don't know about you, but the, I felt like the it struggles from wanting Scarlet Witch to be the villain but not letting her be the villain at the same time. Um, this movie should have been a uh, not a not a WandaVision required watch, uh, and and Scarlet Witch is absolutely terrifying, absolutely. But like, it's not a Doctor Strange movie. It's it's a Scarlet Witch movie. If we're being honest here, I completely agree. I think this movie struggles with both being a multiverse movie and being a Doctor Strange sequel. It can't really... Yes. Do, it doesn't want to fully commit to either one. Like, Doctor Strange kind of takes a back seat to both America Chavez and Wanda, who they don't even want to commit to Wanda being the bad guy. They're like, oh, yeah, she's a terrifying horror movie villain. But you better have sympathy for her at all times. I'm just going, I've never actually felt sympathy for Wanda, like, ever. And I don't know if that just makes me emotionally dead, but it's just like... Oh, I lost my husband. He was a robot. Like, well, okay, just think but this like, one through. To... But also, like, I lost my kids. You never technically had kids. You kind of made them made up. Made them. But I'm also like, just uh... like, just like, oh, no, characters suffered more than me. I'm just like, 
Spider-Man has literally lost his identity, his family, his friends, everything. Even- <laughs> he lives in New York in an apartment. Nothing is more terrifying than that. But you don't see him oh, whining, like- complaining. Like, I... I don't get why she gets more sympathy than everyone else. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The part of the journey of a superhero is life sucks for you, but you suck it up. You make the best of a situation. That's why we read comic book stories is for escapism and go, okay, if these characters can make it through, it's a good reflection for our own lives that we can make it too. But Wanda is just so mopey. She's the Anakin Skywalker of the MCU. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the hardest part about it too is um, – like you said, it's hard to have sympathy for her when she's like, this is, you know, I want to, I want my kids back. And, you know, excusing that she created her kids. I can, I can forgive her for being, you know, going through grief for, you know, her husband dying. I get that, but you still enslaved an entire town. You still like robbed this town of months of their lives. Um, And then, to for to try for us to feel to to expect us to feel bad for her is stupid. And then also she's like, I just want my boys, and then promptly murders like at the very least nine innocent people. It's like, uh, okay, am I supposed to feel bad? And her, I want my boys, but that girl right there is gonna pay for it. Like I, mm, I there, it's very hard to excuse her actions when her whole plan hinges on literally murdering an innocent girl like so it's like mm, i can't really get behind you buddy sorry for multiverse of madness the fact that we got to wow three different universes real multiversal there guys that's that's cool i guess (laughs) Um, technically technically that is more than one so Lastly, for my most disappointing, I need to put this caveat on. I still enjoy this movie as a whole. Yes. But it is not to the quality that this franchise deserves, especially, I have to put this out there, given our brand name, Tom Holland's Uncharted is fine, which sucks because leading up to this, it seemed like they were getting everything not named Sully right about this movie. Yes, absolutely. Chloe is perfect. Now, I've seen some people be like, I didn't like her character. Do you like her in the games? And eh, not really. That explains it. I think I'm not the biggest Chloe fan in the games either, but I think the actress is a perfect representation in the movie of, of Chloe. I think despite people's gripes about him leading up to the movie, Tom Holland is a perfect choice and was a perfect choice for Nathan Drake. Uh, but Sully is just off. And I think the locations are a big issue with this of Uncharted. Mm. It's a running joke Mm. of no matter where you are, even when you're in France, you still find a jungle to be in somewhere because it's a jungle trotting globe trotting adventure. (laughs) And the fact that never really happens, it feels like if Netflix made an Uncharted movie is exactly what it feels like, which ironically is now where you can watch Uncharted. It's not a bad movie. But it could have been so much better. Also, it could have been so much better had we had better music. No, I still have not letting it go. The music for the Uncharted movie is so god-awful. I want to slap Rowan... I don't even know how to pronounce his name. The guy that did Pacific Rim and uh, Game of Thrones. That music's perfect. Why did you feel the need to do a new 
whole suite of music for Uncharted when Henry Jackman and Greg Amundsen already gave you the perfect template. Even if you didn't want that, look at Henry Jackman's work in Jumanji. Henry Jackman should have done the score instead. The score is abysmal. And I'm not one to normally point out music, but Uncharted has such a distinct sound and like big swashbuckling action. Heck, National Treasure has better treasure hunting music than Uncharted. Not to badmouth National Treasure. National Treasure's got spectacular music. I think Trevor Rabin's work is awesome in that, but I will still clamor about how awful the music is and the fact that we only really hear the Uncharted theme technically three times, but twice is when it's with somebody else's character or in the post credits or something like it it's more disappointing more frustrating because the pieces are there to make it work like on paper the swashbuckling action having antonio banderas as your bad guy tom holland as young nathan drake the pieces are there but they're just like we're gonna put 60 percent effort into this like it is <laughs> it is a netflix uncharted movie and i'm going it I want a sequel for this. I really do because I think like Black Adam, the pe there's enough good elements here that if you tweak it, get a different director, get a different composer, you can make a good sequel. You just have to be willing to admit that, okay, maybe we need to tweak some things. And how Uncharted ends, they're clearly setting the stage up for it to be closer to the, the games, which is what they should have been doing all along. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was going to be hard to get out of this guy, this uh, whole topic without you talking about Uncharted. I, again, so. it's not a bad I, movie. I will watch yeah, it yeah, once yeah. in a while. It's not that bad, but not nearly as good as it could have been. Agreed. Okay, so let's talk. Um, do you want? Do you have something for comeback? Uh, I have three things. Hit me with them, buddy. And I, I can. I'll riff off of you. So, uh, I have. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, Kehu Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Husband. Oh, yeah. Also known as Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because the man has not really been in front of the he, camera he, in a he, long yeah, time. He yeah, he, he left. He got the impression from the business that people much preferred him behind the camera. They were just like, oh, yeah, we love you and this, that, and other thing. Or, like, he got the impression that people didn't want him in movies anymore. And so he like gets really emotional about people's reactions to everything everywhere all at once. And now he's getting more opportunities. So I'm so happy for him. He's the best thing about that movie. No, not disparaging Michelle Yeoh's outstanding work in that as well, but or yeah, like there's, and that's the thing about everything all at once is like he, him saying him, he's the best thing about it. Like the, there's like four or five actors that are very close to him after that. Like, um, yeah, it's fantastic. He's great in that movie. And I'm hoping this leads to more, roles for him in the yes. future because he absolutely deserves it um, absolutely this next one is con totally contingent on a movie that has not come out yet at the time of this yeah um podcast release but given how much awards consideration this person is already getting for it and because it's high he's high high on the list of josh and i's man crushes yes brendan fraser Let's My go. man, the frasioning is happening amongst us, y'all. Screw Batgirl getting canceled. We still got the whale, and Brendan is coming for his Academy Award, and he's just going to go up, flip you all the birds, and said, I'm back, mother effers. I should <laughs> never have left. <laughs> if if he ever shows up, because no, he said he doesn't want to show up. To that's the Golden okay, Globes well, yeah, he won't right. show up for. E even he, better. Nor should he. 
Yeah, no, screw them. Um, I mean, screw award shows in general, but still. Uh, I, I'm so glad because, like, I think this was also the year that Brendan, like, vocally found out that, like, the internet loves him. Um, and it was, like, so, like, heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time of, like, him realizing like how big his fan base actually is. And he was like, he's just like, Oh my God. Oh God. So, it's so great. Speaking of Brendan Fraser. Yes. 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 I almost got in a fist fight at work today because oh. someone, someone tried to tell me George of the jungles, a bad movie. Not the oh, second, can... not the second one. The first one I'm going the second one. I mean, we the can second agree one about. Is, is bad. But the, yeah, second yeah. One's bad. <laughs> the first one we are fighting. Like, yeah, say what you want about the it CG. The CG classic. has not aged well. The first one is still so funny. Brendan Fraser is such a great comedic talent, but I'm just, I'm happy to see Brendan back, and I'm glad to see he survived the mummy refurbishments at Universal. It's just a, it's just the little <laughs> details that are important. <laughs> Last and most importantly, when I thought comeback player of the year, this was the first thing that came to my mind. However, not a person, but once I say it, and say all the reasons why, you'll be like, oh, absolutely. The number one comeback player of the year for me, Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So Paramount has been in a bit of a rough spot financially the past few years. It's basically only Mission Impossible really being the only viable <laughs> franchise for them the past few They're years. Keeping them alive for Yeah, a Mission while. Impossible and Tom Cruise are the only thing keeping Paramount alive. However, this year's lineup for Paramount Pictures, they released Top Gun Maverick, Sonic 2, Smile, Scream, Orphan First Kill, Lost City, and Jackass Forever. All of those movies were profitable for the studio. Like, good for and them. Man. Overperformed. Lost City overperformed. Jackass will, has a low budget and will obviously make its money back. Smile was one of the sleeper hits for horror. And Orphan First Kill, despite having a very limited release, way overshot its estimated value. So, Paramount. Holy crap. I think it was a year or two ago that I gave props to Sony. This is the year we give props to Paramount. Uh, Paramount desperately needed this year. And holy yeah. crap, they had banger after banger after banger. And then Sonic 2. Praise be to Sonic 2. But it's not the best movie on this list. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. To go from a movie that a, a studio that occasionally put out bangers, like every now and then, uh, because not all the all the Mission Impossible's are not all good. Um, from far but, on, they are. Anyway, uh, to go from that, I mean, even then, it's not the top movie, like that top ten no, movie they're of the year. Successes, years, ever. but they're like yes, yeah. To go from that, to go to have at least two, yeah, to have two on the top grossing movie list of the year. To, not only that, having nine. And number one, having the top number one grossing movie of the year in in Top Gun Maverick, like incredible. And like, honestly, they have... it's not even close right now. No, it's not. Like Do- uh, Doctor Strange is is, uh, is number two, and it's still got three hundred million to go. So it's like, and that there's no way that movie's getting another three hundred million. Uh, <laughs> no, especially but, now with uh, Avatar coming out this weekend, which I am. 
I want this movie to be bad. <laughs> I want it to be bad. Supposedly it's I'm not sorry. that bad, but I'm with you. I want it to be bad too. Um, I'm seeing all of the, and I, this is such a side, ta- side tangent, and I don't know why I have such a uh, an issue with James Cameron, but um, just all of weird, the quotes, he, all the quotes he, that I've seen from him or from quote unquote the execs who have seen the film. Um, I just. I want this movie to be bad. And I, I, I feel bad saying that, but I just, Avatar to me has never been something that I, I really enjoyed. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, the, that being said, Paramount Pictures, absolutely number one pe- comeback of the year. Um, really happy, happy for them. Um, I mean, you look back, like a lot of Paramount Pictures movies are movies that I loved as a kid growing up and love now to this day. So it's good to see another movie studio get in get into the picture that's not warner brothers that's not disney that's not universal uh putting out bangers so like i to me the movie market needs more than one more than like the top three studios making to make move like a, a variety of movies um uh, there needs to be like some competition and i'm um, paramount it, it absolutely showed this past year that they can absolutely contend with the big boys Yes. Now, what what are we doing next, Josh? We've got MVPs, breakout player of the year, best moments, underrated, best and worst. Actually, let's say best, worst, and MVPs for last. Correct. You want to talk about best moments? Sure. Um. Let- so. <laughs> so. I got a hybrid of. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Of movies and TV here, because like like I said. There's plenty of good movies, but I was trying to think of individual moments. And also when yes. I was thinking about movies, I kind of cheated and put some ties in here of like two moments in some movies that I was like, okay, I like this as well. Yes. Um. Oh, let's see. What should I go with first? I have one. If you want, if, I, I got you, buddy. What, what, what you um, got? What you got for best? Uh, moments? One of my, <laughs> one of my like, off the cuff like let's go favorite moments of the year movie wise um it was something that i did not think that they were going to do uh with sonic in sonic the hedgehog 2 when he goes to full chaos sonic um yeah holy crap i literally i was in the theater watching that movie by myself by the way grown man watching sonic in a theater by myself um (laughs) i'm like on like a tuesday afternoon (laughs) Um, normally that's a very dangerous sentence yeah great gotta go um, fast (laughs) but literally like popped so hard because like like they kind of telegraph it a little bit about four or five seconds beforehand uh and that was like in my head i went but they won't they know that there's no way they'll save that for the third one they won't exactly it's too early and then they do and i was like okay cool but they're not he's gonna like do one one thing and then go away and then it's like a 15 minute scene i was like all right cool best thing i've seen all all year let's go (laughs) loved it so um as you'll discover for moments for me when it comes to story stuff i love a good reveal of something especially like when it it's not just like a plot twist for plot twist sake it actually makes sense and especially if there's clues Mm -hmm. early enough that you can catch on to it so spoiler alert for those that have not seen orphan first kill Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Josh, you, you, yeah, you saw this, correct? 
Yes, actually, yeah. You, you and I talked at length about it. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, regardless of the movie's third act. <laughs> um, yes, my favorite thing about Orphan First Kill is the wonky CG fire at the very end. That man, looks that is so very rad. clearly not there. It's real bad. <laughs> but no, um, all my best moments of the year for me, at least, are very much like a leaning towards what got some form of a reaction out of me, whether it's shock joy surprise whatever like edge of my seat nerves uh so that still factored into orphan first kill of making me actually pause the movie when i'm watching it so once again last minute spoiler alert because if you have not seen orphan first kill and don't want to know this is a ridiculously good spoiler so in the first orphan the big plot twist is that esther is not a 12 year old girl she is a like what early 20s early 30s woman that has dwarfism that looks like a small child and basically she kills families and so we're just like how are they going to do this for a prequel we already know the twist shocker the plot twist is the family that adopts her knows that she's lying about being their long-lost child and the family's more messed up than she is i'm going wait what and so the family, well, the mom and the son reveal that the son actually killed the daughter that Esther's replacing, and the son and the mom covered it up to the father. And so they got Esther in to more or less convince the father that the daughter's still alive. I'm going, you out-twisted the original, but you still made it somehow work for this. Like, yeah, a movie shouldn't live and die by its twist, but it kept orphan fresh and i'm going oh i did not see this coming like so again best moments for me this year are anything that actually like got a physical reaction out of me good bad or anything and that i remember watching it finishing the movie and immediately texting josh going see orphan first kill they made it work somehow. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the twist really, really works right as they drop it. And you're like, whoa, this is awesome. And then everything after that is like, mm, wait, that means we're going to make Esther the good guy in this scenario. And yeah, I don't like how that feels. That feels yeah. icky. Not as icky as the weird fire. Yeah, I don't know, but still, yeah, it's a very, very good movie. Very well, sorry, good twist. I enjoyed the twist quite a bit. Um, I had another one before my main one. Yeah, I have um, four. So while you're looking, I'll I can go for some more here. Oh, 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 oh. The uh, <laughs> I could I could make a whole list of the uh of moments from the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, <laughs> tell Nicholas Cage think- smooch is good. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. But like, I think I still think, and because of the um, the effect the line has had on the movie going populist in as in general, uh, the whole conversation about Paddington Two being the <laughs> the best movie ever made instantly, people going like, "Well, I guess now we have to watch Paddington That's Two." That's why I did it. If it's a joke or not, uh, fantastic. Loved it. Like, it, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff in that movie. When they're tripping but, um, balls. <laughs> I have a big head. That, it's them. Turn and so laugh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. But yeah, definitely. Like, man, 
connect those dots for me for me man paddington 2 is the best movie ever made and they smash like, cut to them watching it beautiful. oh my gosh paddington 2 is an effing masterpiece, <laughs> <A big> masterpiece. <laughs> which is not a line i thought we'd hear in today's day and age but, but nevertheless mean, this okay funny thing is the same co-worker that badmouth george of the jungle tried to tell me that paddington 2 is the best i mean obviously it is but i'm just going yeah. okay you like Paddington too, but you hate George of the Jungle. What is your taste here? Um, <laughs> Where's the connection? <laughs> I, yeah, I can't make the connective tissue there. Uh, so another TV, my first TV one here, my first of two here. Um, I'll go spoiler alert here-ish because I still think Josh needs to watch this show someday, but I know he never will for Cobra Kai. Um, so here's the problem. <laughs> But here's the problem. Yeah. Is yeah. to be fair, you've been trying to get me to watch Cobra Kai for like since it was on YouTube Red, which is yeah. not even in I am that anymore. OG that I watched <laughs> it when it was on YouTube Red. I'm that much of that guy. Um, so here's the problem. I think we're getting a season six. I hope we get a season six. But they've wrapped everything up so beautiful in season five that I don't really know where the narrative tension could be for a season six. Like, all the bad guys are really defeated. But the one moment in particular that I'm talking about here is it all comes to a head when you've got basically all the different dojos meet in one location of the more or less Cobra Kai, like the main dojo or whatever, run by Terry mm -hmm, Silver now because mm -hmm. he booted out John Kreese and whatever else. So you got Terry Silver... Finally face-to-face -face with Daniel LaRusso, who has been dealing with the whole, like, trauma that Terry Silver inflicted on him as a child. Um, and Terry Silver has basically wiped out everyone. He's almost murdered someone with a samurai sword at one point. It's, it's complicated to get into. But they finally get in a one-on-one fight, and it's so beautifully done of it. Daniel beats Silver using techniques from literally every mentor he has had from Karate Kid and from the show. So he uses techniques from Miyagi, from Johnny Lawrence, from when Silver was his mentor in Karate Kid 3. He used the Silver stuff Gross. against him. But what I love is there's some moves that Silver's doing, like the entire show, that is like shown to be the unstoppable move, so to speak. And Daniel's the first person to successfully stop that move. Also, as we talked about on the podcast... I love when you purposely make fans wait for something and make it mean mm. something. Yes. Cobra Kai is about the next generation. It's about Daniel and Johnny, but it's about the next generation. So Daniel at times takes a back seat. You know what they've never done for the character? They poke fun at it all the time, but they've never had him do the crane kick ever. And guess how he finally beats Silver? Love that. Intercutting. That's perfect. Intercutting scenes from Karate Kid 3 where it shows Silver training him. It's like showing him all the techniques and they're the exact same techniques that Daniel uses to beat Silver. And there's a line from Karate Kid 3 that all diehard fans remember is when he's practicing crane. He's like, what are you doing with that crane crap? You're never going to win a fight with that. And I'm just going, way to bring it all full circle you're like y'all are actually more fans of the original material than the people that wrote the original material but the fact that there's like actual <laughs> yeah emotional weight to it and narrative behind it it's like oh yeah we don't want the crane kick to be a throwaway gag we want it to have actual narrative purpose here of uh there's three rules of quicksilver karate a man can't stand 
he can't fight. A man can't breathe, man can't fight. A man can't see, man can't fight. So when he does the man can't see, he does the crane, kicks him flush in the nose. I'm going, ah, Cobra Kai, thank you for being <laughs> the way you are. Now, the only thing missing, that's all I ask for in Cobra Kai Season 6, if we get it, is have a big, huge tournament, which they've teased, and then bring back You're the Best from the original Karate Kid movie. You're the best! All right. All right. They haven't used it yet, and I need it to happen them. at least once before the show ends. It's like the Avengers okay. Endgame music. It's like the Avengers Assemble. I need it at least once. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, don't, I don't hate that. It's really fun. At this point, I think it's just a meme that I don't watch Cobra Kai. Oh, like, so like you how you don't friend. watch Friends? <laughs> I, I don't watch Friends ever. Uh... I did stop my rewatch because I got bored with it, but that's not the point. Um, I think last uh, <laughs> best moment, best moments um, is a Morbius moment. Uh, <laughs> I got y'all can't see Nathan's face right now, but like I can. Um, I'm questioning not- if Josh is making this a bit or something. Oh, it's a bit. Absolutely. Because the best moment of the year is when Redditors convinced Sony to re-release Morbius. It is the best thing that happened all year. Are you kidding me? Sony look at finally for once listening to the fans and be like, oh, guys, no promise, Sony. We'll watch it this time. We promise. Just re-release it. We were busy last weekend. And they're like, oh, we got you, fam re-release and then nobody's a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> oh my gosh it was so satisfying i literally the best thing that happened all year movie wise for me like i i understand lots of great movies happened however <laughs> that like literally like i can't i can't handle that that is so good i cannot believe sony fell for that so my last three for best moments of the year we're, we're not in Cobra Kai territory anymore. Josh has seen Thank all God. of these moments. Okay, um, cool, 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 cool. cool. Bet, 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 bet. My last for the TV is a tie in Stranger Things Season 4. Ooh, that did happen this year, didn't it? I know, it, it oh feels like God. so long ago. Uh, wow. Once again, I said I love big reveals in stories. I absolutely love the Vecna true identity reveal in that yes. cliffhanger. Because so often you've got your A plot where your big main storyline is happening, and then you got your B plot, and so often they're run parallel, they never intersect. So once we start introducing like the Henry Creel backstory, I'm going, okay, but how is this going to be connected to the upside down? Mm-hmm. We're introducing these weird like side tangents. Oh, <gasps> he worked at the place that Eleven was. Oh, <gasps> he's one. And then they do that fantastic shot where the camera zooms in and then turns as his like slither tentacle thing moves away and you still see the one on his arm. You're going, brilliant storytelling. You have just like, we didn't see the pieces even though they're right in front of us and you connected your A and B plots and a little bit of your C plots so seamlessly. I just love that reveal, how perfectly it was done of going, yeah, this whole time we have been building all the characters together, their narratives, but you thought they were all separate. Nah, nah, we had a plan. Kevin Foggy, you want notes on what a big plan is? 
this is how you actually do it. <laughs> Which is great because like that season also has that incredible Sadie Sink episode. Um that's the other well, moment for me. Yes! Max's like, escape. Dude, the I've I've gone back and rewatched the season since uh like within the last couple of months since it, you know, it's released. And that episode still gets me of like they they <clears throat> They they really convince. It's very convincing. Like even if you know the end, like there is always you forget in the moment. Oh she she oh she makes it. It's fine. But like no, like it definitely feels like she will not make it. Uh, every single time you watch that 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 scene. So next up for me, we've mm-hmm. gone long enough without talking yeah. about the yeah. Batman. <laughs> There's a couple different moments you could do here. The glorious finale when he's helping people all night long. But for me, the best scene that I go back and watch over and over again is just not the opening, because that's when we first meet Riddler, but Halloween night in Gotham. The mm. narration, cinematography. I love the whole, they think I'm in the shadows. But I am the shadows. And you're just going, oh, it's like, the hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. And you're just going, yes, you are. Dude. Holy crap. And he comes Dude. out with like his boot spurs, like clicking like a cowboy. And you're just going, oh, you're going to wreck some fools. Hey, that's Tim Drake from Titans. Wreck his face. Um, <laughs> it's so Batman. I, I love that it's such a weird detail but i love the heavy rainfall it just adds to mm-hmm. that ambiance the whole vibe is just gross gritty gotham that opening set the stage of okay this is somewhere between the nolan and the burton type of batman it's like a hybrid of the both it's it's clearly realistic but there's still some fanciful stuff here like batman just tasered a man in the face and supposedly he's fine uh, the yeah. opening to the Batman, I think, yeah. is one of the best superhero openings of all time. The Batman's got some great scenes, but the Batman's introduction of the monologue of just like, I'm nocturnal animal for the past two years. Okay. Yes, you are no longer Twilight Boy. You are now the gosh darn Batman. <laughs> After he, he's back from his stint, his stint at taking care of a lighthouse, um, <laughs> he was a wiki. He was a wiki oh man. Gosh. gosh, it was so good. Uh, but yeah, like, and it's really interesting because that scene, for the most part, is in the trailer. So it could have easily just been kind of quote unquote ruined by the trailer, in that we, you know, all right, cool, you know, this is exactly what we thought we were getting. All right, f- fine. But like that scene s- hits so much harder in the in the movie uh itself um fantastic i've gone back and rewatched it a couple times still one of the top 10 movies of the year um i mean it's number six on the on on the 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 box office so i mean obviously people actually went out and and saw it so that's good but also hopefully they keep the sequel sequels i think i think those are one of the only things that is safe um Again, honorable mention to when he falls in the water and more or less has his baptism and is reborn and he's helping mm. the people. He's literally guiding them to a better tomorrow. I'm going, ah, hope and optimism. You started in a dark place. What a great character arc. I love it so much. Uh, but my best moment of the year, it's it's two moments from Top Gun Maverick. Uh, one is just the, oh, this looks pretty and it's fun moment. And the other one is, oh, hey, 
Why, why are you reaching in and grabbing my heart? Oh, it's to pull it out and make me wash. Um, let's let's get the happy out of the way first. I know some people really like the trench run, like when he does mm-hmm. the trial. Mm-hmm. That's exhilarating. But for me, it has been a, quite a few years since I just stood with my jaw on the floor in a movie more so than the opening when he's in the dark star. Oh, yes. that is a moment and a movie that was meant to be seen on the big screen. It's just something about Hans Zimmer's beautiful score, but also it gives you perfect character um, motivation for Maverick of like, even if you never saw the original, you completely understand anything about this character of just like, they want Mach 10. We'll give him Mach 10. I don't like that look, Mav. It's the only one I got. It's the only one I got. You're just like, oh, it's so perfect. And then he gets Mach 10. A little bit more. Oh, come on. All right. You got balls, (laughs) stick jockey. Like, you immediately get everything. Not 10.1. Not Not 10.2. 10. 10. Put that in your Pentagon pipe and suck it. And you're just going... But it's the shots that they got. I know that yes. the Dark Star stuff Beautiful. is by CG. But when just a simple shot of a spaceship going from left to right with the beautiful music or when the music's really swelling, talk to me, Goose. Even someone that doesn't like the original, hearing talk to me, Goose, as he's seeing the sunset and uh, Hondo is saying, he's the fastest man alive. That's so cool. But yeah. somehow that didn't touch my emotions the most. To me, the best movie moment by far is still in Top Gun Maverick. It's time to let go. Dude. Go, Jesus Christ. It's so hard to get through, and I love it so much. Because on the surface, it's a friend talking to another friend who has cancer and is more or less giving a pep talk. If you really want to look at, like an onion, peel back the layers, this thing has so <laughs> many freaking amazing layers to it, and I love it so much, of... Yes, it could be. I'm afraid to teach these new kids because being a risk-taking pilot is all I know. Or it could be interpreted as Tom Cruise going, all I know is how to be an action star and I'm getting too old for it and I'm too scared of what the next phase of my life is without it. I don't know anything else besides this type of making movies and that type of movies are dying it is being reinforced the entire time top gun maverick is not about us versus evil unknown country it is about old school versus new school your kind is going extinct mav maybe so sir not today and he's so terrified that he will be replaced it's time to let go it's tom cruise so often we talk we bag on the rock for being like impervious Tom Cruise is also kind of has that like perfect type of character a lot of times. He does. And he, does. he is so vulnerable. And I think that's why I love the scene so much is you so rarely ever see him break down like he does in this scene of I don't know what to do. And it's you can read it that way. We still haven't even talked about how brilliant Val Kilmer is, who actually was battling throat cancer for a lot of the years and he still cannot talk well. And so they created mm-hmm. like an actual voice for him to have in this movie. It was so beautiful and powerful. It's time to let go. Like I never felt more emotion in a movie this year because, yeah, on the surface, it could just be two friends talking. But there's so much meat on that bone and that one scene alone that you could just, oh, it's so perfect. 
Well, that's not even even getting into the the fantastic bait and switch towards the in the final act when they're like, I was when, so sure one of them was going to die. Absolutely, and then he, uh, I just, it's such a fantastic movie. And obviously, like it's going to be very very easy to to um just absolutely love on top gun maverick i mean it's the number one grossing grossing movie of the year it like it to in a lot of people's lists it's going to be the number one movie of the year and honestly i wouldn't blame you it's fantastic it does everything right um there's i don't think there's a single complaint i have about top gun maverick uh and i'm only seen it twice i can't imagine somebody like you because who i'm pretty sure didn't you go and see it like four, four times. Or five times four times ah, it's dude, back God. in theaters i'm not making another <laughs> but it's definitely one of those movies that like it's something that and maybe we should have this conversation very briefly of like something going into this year that was very very much of a concern was you know you have people like bob chapek and like hbo hbo saying like hey guys like for the most part the theater experience is dead. Sorry. Like you, you're just going to have to see them in, in your home. And then, uh, you know, movies like Top Gun Maverick, um, like, uh, you know, even as far as Spider-Man, no way, no way home, which was the year before, but still, uh, incredible. the box office still has life. It absolutely does. And this year has proved it. Um, and honestly, just like, I'm so excited. You and I have said that 2023 is going to be an incredible year for movies. And honestly, off of the back of this year that started so like so low and then has risen to so much higher than we thought it would, uh, even just box office wise, but also movie quality wise. Um, gosh, I'm just super stoked about movies these days. Like, oh, uh, so this is for so stoked about the future of movies let's talk about of the course. ones in 2022 that didn't get enough recognition the ones that kind of flew yeah. under the radar the yeah. underrated movies here um i'm trying to think if i have any particular order for this and i don't um unfortunately almost all of these movies are streaming and so i think that's part of the reason why mm. they're underrated is because a lot of streaming doesn't have the best marketing um yeah so first up i'll just talk about it really briefly i think i mentioned it on the podcast once um shutter um, potentially rest in peace Shutter. I don't know if that's going to be a streaming service much longer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Shutter debuted Deadstream. Oh, that's just, this is such a fun horror movie for those interested. Of basically, it's a found footage movie, but it really, really works. So basically, a douchey YouTuber has been canceled repeatedly, and so he's trying to gain his audience back. And so his endorsement deal is he has to stay in a haunted house for one night, and if he leaves the haunted house, he loses all the endorsement money and loses all of his new followers. It sounds super pretentious. And that's the point of it. Um, of like, you get behind the character to a certain point And then you're just like, okay, I want you to survive up into a certain point, or I want you to accomplish this goal up to a certain point. It's really yeah. well done. It's really funny. There's a lot of lines in this that I'm just going uncomfortable that, this, this is some dialogue that I would have said in this exact situation. I don't know if that speaks to the script or to me as a person, but um, <laughs> like when he's going somewhere, he's like, I'm going on an adventure. I'm going, I feel attacked right now. Um, but um, before I get into this, how many do you have total? I have five total here, Josh. I mean, I, I can, I can sp spit these off because there's several that like, I'm pretty sure that both of us will, will say, um, but like, let's like talk about, 
Um, I think not a lot of people saw Prey, and Prey was much better than I think we anticipated it to be. Um, easily one of my top, if I'm doing like top 20 movies of the year, it's definitely up there. Um, easily. It, it, it takes what could have easily been a very gimmicky premise of like, Hey, it's a predator in the, in the, you know, in the olden days in the wagon trail days, um, which could have easily been like really gimmicky, really stupid. Uh, but it's compelling. The characters are incredible. Uh, way like way to have movies like this year that put characters first and then like story and, and world after. Uh, it's incredible what that when what you can do when that happens. <laughs> I will go with one that I don't know if you saw this or not, mm-hmm. but I think so many people wrote this movie off just based off the titles and the characters that are heavily advertised in it. They're just going, it's for children. I'm going, no, it's the funniest movie of the year. Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney+. I wondered when we were going to talk about that movie. This movie movie should not be as good as it is. I laughed so hard. This has such clever humor, and I do not know how legally they were able to get Ugly Sonic in this movie, but they did. (laughs) Technically, Ugly Sonic isn't owned by anybody. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so also, I think Don't Worry Darling needs. I'm kidding. No, no, no. I'm not going to talk about Don't Don't Worry Darling. Um, If they made a behind the scenes (laughs) feature, that'd be a more interesting project. Um, So let me ask you this, uh, because I'm sure we have to talk about it eventually. Would you consider Werewolf by Night an underrated? Because no, because I wouldn't I consider the it. movie either. I mean, okay, that's fair. That's a one-off feature. I yeah, guess, it's like right? fifty minutes. It's beautiful. It's the best Marvel yes. thing that came out okay. this year, okay. but that's a low bar. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would even go too far to say then that probably unbearable weight of massive talent. I mean, people loved it, but like, it was actually kind of hard to say to get people to go see it, uh, yeah. to convince people. Because like, I'd be like, yeah, it's a Nicolas Cage movie. And then instantly, Oh, okay. I hate that stigma. I do so too. much. And people are just like, Oh, it's Nicolas Cage. What was the last Nicolas Cage movie? Most people watch. Unfortunately, he has been putting out banger after banger, but y'all don't see his movies and yet disparage his work. Pig, he should have gotten nominated for. Willie's Wonderland, oh, absolutely. he is the best thing about that bonkers movie. It's not the best, but he is so much fun in it. I'm so sick and tired of people immediately going, oh, Nicolas Cage is crazy. You can't say that when you're not actively watching the stuff that he's put out. Nick Nolte, Gary Busey, they're crazy. I don't know what's going on with them. Randy Newman, <laughs> not Randy Newman, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid's crazy. Nicolas Cage just portrays crazy. He's just a darn good actor. And, and, mm. You and I get on that pedestal a lot of y'all don't give Nicolas Cage a chance and you really, really should. But yeah, we'll talk about unbearable weight later. Um, But I I would definitely count that as an, uh, as an underrated for the year. Oh, definitely. Um, Here's one that I don't even know if Josh saw, but like knowing me, probably not (laughs) like Chippendale rescue Rangers. This one, I think people wrote off myself included because it just kind of looked like a cheap, children's movie that wasn't meant to be anything special but dc's league of super pets should not be as good as it is like (laughs) it gave me very much teen titans go to the movies energy not as funny but like okay because teen titans go to the movies is fantastic that 
That Nicolas Cage joke, speaking of Nicolas Cage, that Nicolas Cage joke about Superman being a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Chef's Loved kiss. It. That is like Mount Rushmore, <laughs> one of my favorite movie jokes, just period. Um, but League of Super Pets has this incredibly meta humor, um, a really funny post credit scene in hindsight with Black Adam and his dog showing up. And I'm going, <laughs> oh, this is yes. aged like milk. It's aged like the Polar Express. Um, but also, when it wants to, <laughs> I was gonna like be like, I mean, yeah, but like that would have meant that the Polar Express looked looked good when it was released. And Polar it did Express not. now <laughs> available in 4K in the world wonders why. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see those see those dead dead eyes in 4K. <laughs> but League of Super Pets, when it wants to. That's genuine heart and emotion that I was not yeah. expecting from this. Like Kevin Hart, not normally my favorite person, but he can actually absolutely pull on the heartstrings in this movie in a very surprising turn. It was a lot better than it had any right to be. And to the point of like, y'all can make another one. I don't know how much money it made for you, but y'all can make another one. Um, <laughs> another recent one that, I know for a fact not enough of you saw because they were dumb and put this as a Roku channel exclusive. Oh, yes. Weird. The Al oh. Yankovic story. I love Weird Al, but I also love Daniel Radcliffe. And so many people are just like, but Daniel Radcliffe nothing, looks nothing like Weird Al. Yeah. I think you <laughs> missed the joke here, guys. That's the point. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for a comedy. Weird Al dies at the end of this movie. I don't think it's meant to be literal here, guys. It's a, after a certain point in this movie, if you don't get what they're going for, I think you're going to miss the entire point of this movie. It is a parody of biopics. It is not a biopic movie. And in that sense, it's so funny. Uh, celebrity cameos out the wazoo. Daniel Radcliffe's comedic timing is just wonderful. Him being a drunk yeah. weird owl while dating Madonna is something I never knew that I needed, but it's so perfect. <laughs> I I have yet to see it, obviously, because it was a Roku exclusive. Um, Put it in theaters, cowards. <laughs> they wouldn't. No, why would they? I would love uh, I would love a watch party of weird the Ali Ikevic story. With Weird Al hosting it. Oh, let's go. Yes. Put it on Twitch. <laughs> get, <laughs> Do it. Get get banned. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, th there's there's quite a few movies like that this year that like they weren't quote unquote mainstream movies. And I, you know what? To to an extent, you could almost say that everything everything uh, everywhere all at once would would have been. I won't consider that too. underrated. I won't. I mean, hardly anybody saw it though. It is the highest grossing A24 movie of all time. Yeah, but that's like saying that's I have a, a lot of money in my them. pocket. I mean, I know. I know it is for them, and I that's feel bad big, for them. I wouldn't say it's underrated. It had a very okay. decent, okay. it had a more than decent box office. It did. You're not wrong. Um, I'm trying to think what else then, because like, there's a lot of movies that we thought were either going to be really bad and turned out to be bad, or we thought we're going to be fine. And they turned out to be fine. Uh, for the most part, trailers are pretty accurate this year. Um, I think lastly for me for underrated is there's a lot of times where movies are underrated just because they yeah, get thrown up on a streaming service. They get hyped for maybe about a week and then they disappear. 
That should yep. not have happened to the Atom Project. The Atom Project, Atom Project should have stayed in the public conscious a lot longer than it did. I am so glad this is the guy that's doing Deadpool 3. Like, and potentially a Star Wars movie, but I think people have already forgotten that that's a thing that's happening. Um, Sean Levy has been one of my favorite directors. What? Huh? Star Wars is doing movies still? What? Uh, <laughs> Sean Levy has been, like, the best unsung director for a lot of years. Of There's a lot of movies mm-hmm. that he's done that people like. They just forget that he's the one doing it. Like, Real Steel is fantastic. The first and third Night at the Museums are great. Uh, I still say Famous Joe Jackson is his best work. Uh, the Adam Project is great. Free Guy was awesome. I really like what he brings to the table. And the Adam Project was just this old school Spielberg-esque adventure story with a kid that's the new Percy Jackson that feels very much like a young, precocious Ryan Reynolds. Um, yep. It just, it works. It's not going to reinvent the wheel, but for a family sci-fi adventure movie, I think it definitely should have gotten more attention than it did. And I blame that a hundred percent on Netflix and its desire to just slap things on its streaming service. If you're not named stranger things, you don't get a marketing budget. Which is, it, yeah, it's really unfortunate, and it it, it makes it really hard to find, uh, because of the 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 difference in quality of a lot of their projects. It's really hard to find the diamonds in the rough when it comes to Netflix stuff. Um, and like I know you have sung the praises of Ad- the Adam Pro- Project to the hills, and I, again, it is one of the movies I have not seen yet this year. I adding it to the list. I I've consistently that. It, been like just making lists for for movies that i still you just made the list (laughs) that's not six years old or anything no not at all (laughs) that is oh god jericho started doing that 2016 i feel old now yes you did um yeah so before we get to the big three at best worst and mvps let's talk about breakout players of the year of people that could have potentially been a name but really exploded on the scene but a lot of these names didn't really have exposure or weren't household names quite yet. Case in point, Josh brought up this actress earlier. Amber Midthunder, the star of Prey. Oh, oh my dude. God, give her every action movie from here on out. I need all the Prey sequels specifically with her. She was so good. I don't know if she's been in other stuff or if this was her debut. She was so perfect for Prey. The only thing that was better or the only performance that was better than hers in Prey was the doggo because the best doggo was he <laughs> yeah uh, no absolutely it obviously like prey doesn't work if your main protagonist it, it, it's one of those like hey yeah your main protagonist needs to be really good like that seems like a very like you well yeah duh uh kind of kind of response but um Prey absolutely does not work without her. And she absolutely takes that movie, puts it on her shoulders, grabs her brother's hand and goes, all right, bud, we're going to make a movie and it's going to be amazing. Um, I, some Somebody that I think you and I were extremely surprised uh, surprised by uh, to hop back to Stranger Things, um, Sadie Sink, absolutely the next surprised. Thing I was going to bring up. Us. Yes. Um, and to by really no fault of her own, I think, um, when she's first introduced, I think the previous season, season, season three, two, I think actually. Really? Has she really been around since two? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Anyway, um, really like by no fault of her own, I will say she's just not the main focus of she a lot of She wasn't written adventures. well, I don't think at the beginning. I agree. I have no, I don't fault her at all, but so she kind of, I mean, the kids in that show are brilliant, so it's re- I, it's very easy, I would think, to a- get overlooked on that cast. Um, 
That being said, absolutely one of the best performances of in, in Stranger Things. I'm going to say so far. Uh, the entire because, show, yeah. Yeah. Season four, it was Sadie Sink's time. Um, and apparently she's fantastic in The Whale. So we'll Glad have to watch The that. Whale. Yep. Yes. Uh, it, and she's consistently shown, and as much as I, you know, the general public loves Millie Bobby Brown. Um, Sadie Sink, Sadie Sink is is the is the real deal Absolutely. to me. Um, and much like Finn, I think has a very, very, very bright future in the movie making industry, and I cannot wait to see how far she goes. I actually would not be surprised in the slightest if she gets nominated for the Whale because supposedly her performance in it is so good. So we got the Whale and Stranger Things. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Sadie Sink because she was another name that I had. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'll bring up another Stranger Things cast member here. Everyone's favorite boy toy, Joseph Quinn as Eddie. Yes. This dude. I'm mad that they killed him, but at the same time, you could see it coming a mile away because Stranger well, Things yeah. has this habit of introducing characters for one season, one season only, Alexi, Bob. Um, and then <laughs> I'm immediately- still not over losing Alexi, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Hopper was so emotionally impacted by it, he decided to change his name and adopt Black Widow instead. <laughs> and grow out a beard. Um, but Eddie was different, I think, than Bob and Alexi. Like, Eddie and Joseph Quinn's performance was so endearing that I think so many people lashed onto that. I'm just going, ah, yeah, we all know someone like that. To the point of, I'm already seeing Joseph Quinn in a lot of people's Marvel fan castings and going, I don't hate it. But yeah, I never heard of Joseph Quinn before this, and now I'm seeing his name attached to a lot of different things. I'm going, good for you, man. I Eddie wasn't my favorite character, but I liked him a lot. It will Steve and Dustin will always have my heart, especially after yes. the Watergate joke. Like, yes, <laughs> you make that joke, and I'm just going, Dustin is my soul animal. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Eddie, Eddie is fantastic. I have I one more. Do you have any more breakout players? Not, not really. I mean, like props to uh, to Robert Pattinson. You and I knew he would. He would. We've well said it Batman. for years. Yeah, but the performance he gave was everyone's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, maybe he can act. It's not just the vampire guy. All right, cool, uh, fantastic. Way to prove him wrong, buddy. So when I was looking at breakout players, I actually had to think of other names besides this name because this was the one name above all else. I'm going, oh yeah. Rookie of the Year slash MVP candidate slash breakout player of the year. Jenna Ortega, the new Scream Queen of Horror. This year alone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This year alone, the new Scream, X, and now Netflix's most popular show of all time, Wednesday. Having all three of those in one year, you'd be lucky to get one of those because all three of those are pretty decent successes. But she's like now the go-to name for horror stuff. And I fully believe it. I didn't like a lot of the new cast for Scream, but I liked her a lot. X is an interesting watch, to be sure. Um, yeah. And I've heard, if you've been on social media at any point in the past month or so, you, you have seen the Wednesday dance. I, I assure you, it is everywhere. I still have not seen Wednesday, but that dance is everywhere. Holy crap. Uh I see big things in her future, and hopefully, like, yeah. I want her to stick to horror, because horror is close to my heart, but 
I hope she doesn't just get typecasted as, oh yeah, she's that one that can be great in horror movies. Like I, I see big things in her future. And I'm just going, good for you for having a ridiculously good year. You would be in the MVP conversation had there not been some other person that just like, it's kind of hard not to give the MVP to this person. But we'll talk about that one in a little bit. Let's do worst now. Um, okay. And in a completely unrelated note, let me just throw up this graphic. In a completely unrelated note whatsoever, <laughs> completely unrelated, Thor Fork and go suck one. I hate this movie so much. Love and Thunder is not the most disappointing movie. It just straight up catapulted to one of the worst movies of the year, if not the worst movie of the year for me. This was so uncomfortably bad. Like... There's been some bad Marvel movies in the past, like Eternals I didn't love, and Captain Marvel was kind of iffy. This is a different kind of bad. This is a, your friend is trying open mic night at the comedy club and is bombing every single joke that they're trying. And then the the bouncers come on stage to try and like kind of gently nudge them off the stage, and they're not moving. They're going to they plant their feet even more firmly, and just like, nah, nah. I'm doing great. See that one guy in the front row is laughing at my stuff and no one else is, but, but he's laughing. So he's having a great time. Thor as a character regresses so much in love and thunder. And I hate it. Um, I never was the biggest fan of Jane Foster. I was always worried about her coming back, but I was at least optimistic of going, okay, if they go the mighty Thor route, of her battling cancer in the comics, it's going to be really hard not to root for her, at least, because she's fighting cancer. They find ways to make you not root for her. They make cancer a joke. You, I get that in some movies, like, 50-50, you can make cancer a joke or kind of poke fun at life itself and saying, yeah, life is kind of crappy right now. But they straight up make cancer not a good joke. They just really make light of the situation and they make her sacrifice meaningless. Like, cancer should be... It has a tone problem of you've got yes. Christian Bale clearly thinking he's in a different movie here. Oh, <laughs> yes, children. Like, he sounds like um, Brother Love back in the day. Like, he's got that type of voice. Oh, no, he sounds like Paul Bearer. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't work. You made Thor a father, which if you laid the groundwork, would have been a good interesting character progression but it kind of comes out of nowhere they're just like oh yeah well he killed gore the god butcher who doesn't actually kill any gods in this movie except for the dude at the beginning uh he he left behind a daughter hey thor this guy doesn't have his tablet anymore do you want that sure i, I don't have a tablet i could use a tablet that's how they treat a child in this movie just like hey here this is where Love and Thunder comes from. It's Thor and his adopted child. I'm just going, <laughs> I, I hate this movie so much. It has been many years since something definitively, on my first watch, sunk to the bottom of any ranking list. But Love and Thunder to me is the worst MCU movie by a wide margin. And I'm not revisiting it anytime soon. Bad CG, just, I don't think it does anything well, honestly. <laughs> and i i have not seen it yet so i that's good you'll be heartbroken no... because ragnarok yeah, is josh's I mean, but movie like, i i think i will I'm, i still need to see it just to to have it you know be able to have an opinion about it um i still think morbius is worse 
but that's because to me, there's a lot of times where the camera work is in Morbius is like, doesn't show you stuff. And in my brain, I was sitting there watching it going, no, 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 no. That's like super interesting. Why aren't you showing me that? No, wait, why are we having the the coolest synthetic blood? I, I know. And like to a level, it makes sense. And like, there's a level that like you do feel a little bit bad for him, but at the same time, I don't care. There's nothing about Morbius that makes you care about it. Um, I think also fantastic beasts and the secrets of Dumbledore are, is really, really bad. Wow. I didn't um, think you hated it that much. I, cause here's the thing. I think the most, the worst thing a movie can do is when you leave the theater, you have no feelings about the movie whatsoever. Um, at least, at the very least, um, for for Thor: Love and Thunder, it gave you an it. It's not a great reaction, but it gave you a reaction. Whereas Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore is like, it's it, it could have been really incredible. It could have been a step up. It could have been this like. Harry Potter movie that we could actually be like oh okay cool we know where we're going let's go yeah awesome this could be awesome this is gonna be cool um but instead is so bland and boring and it makes like I almost fell asleep a couple times and then when I left the movie it was very much like oh well I'm not gonna get that hour to two hours back all right I guess I'll go do something this franchises die now it 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 is Uh, it we will see how good the game is. The 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 reviews are not promising. It just um, delayed the last gen release of it. Correct. So it's just, but yeah, Fantastic Beasts: Secrets of Dumbledore easily one of my 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 least favorite up there with Morbius. So this movie, it is the most Netflix movie you can Netflix. Oh um, yeah. Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Oh, God. So I'm not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. I was just seeing it out of morbid curiosity because so many people were bagging on it. They're just like, oh, it's in the running for the worst movie of all time. Worst movie of the year. It was like a January or February release, and it showed. Uh, Josh and I went through the Texas Chainsaw house at Horror Nights, and it was not based on this movie, but it was like, we're both eh about Texas Chainsaw in general. I was like, I'm curious about this new one. Oh, my God. Netflix definitely made a Chainsaw Massacre movie because it's a Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Um, Every complaint people have about Netflix movies have just like this out of the other thing of just like skewing too much to the younger generations of basically casting young, attractive, early 20-somethings like it's a Nickelodeon show ran back in the day. It, It just doesn't work. Kind of making... Leatherface, almost a sympathetic character. Um, Which, this is, that's a serial killer. That should not be happening. But also, just like, I get that these characters are supposed to be obnoxious, but at the same time, the fact that none of them are likable whatsoever. And also, one character doesn't have a name. They are just listed as, insert names, girlfriend in the wow. listing. I'm just going, eh. Um, There's some good gore and some good violence here. They try and do a like a Halloween kill type of thing of like Sally from the original movie comes back to fight Leatherface. That was a joke. It was a it wasn't even anything. It didn't need to be in the movie at all. It this movie was just 
bad. And then they try and do like a school shooting survivor subplot, which felt incredibly uncomfortable and wholly unnecessary in this movie. It's just, it was bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> it ain't the worst horror movie of the year, though. Um, Jeez. Another one of those, like, I can't put it in disappointed if it just leapfrogs disappointed into straight up bad territory. Halloween ends. So, red flags were raised on Halloween ends before the movie started filming. When you got actors like Jamie Lee Curtis openly stating, Oh, yeah, don't worry. Fans are going to hate this movie, but it's going to be great. We're going, I'm out on a plane. What did you say? She said it before cameras started rolling, and that never left my brain. I'm just going, Okay, we've had some weird choices in Halloween before. And I know a lot of people like this movie. This is. Very much like the last Jedi of Halloween. I hate it. <sighs> and people are like, it puts a new direction. I get wanting to do new directions for Halloween. I am an advocate for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. But when it's clearly supposed to be the finale of Michael versus Laurie, and that gets maybe 10 minutes of screen time in the entire thing, the main killer is Corey Cunningham, who they're trying to set up as the new bad guy. Only for him to not be involved in the finale whatsoever <laughs> is just baffling. Um, also, in retrospect, looking at the entire Halloween trilogy, what they should have done is swap the characteristics of Laurie in Halloween Ends and swap it with Halloween 2018. So in Halloween Ends, Laurie's all lighthearted and fun. She's like, I don't have to worry about Michael Myers. Um... Michael killed your daughter four years ago. Are you, are you still just, you, you're okay with that? Oh, okay. <laughs> she should have been fun and lighthearted in Halloween 2018's version and then is thrown off guard and barely survives Michael in 2018. Then she ends up in the hospital and out of commission for most of kills. Then Michael kills her daughter. Then she becomes all hard and bitter at the world for one final face-off where she's been preparing for four years to fight Michael. That just makes more sense to me. I still like Halloween 2018, but there's so many choices in this that they only half commit to and others that they fully commit to that they should not have committed to. I get the people <laughs> like, I applaud for going in a bold new direction. I don't want a bold new direction in the finale of a trilogy. Isn't that right, Rise of Skywalker? I don't want yes. a bold new direction in what's supposed to be the end of a story you can do it for like a halloween 3 for like a quasi reboot but this was not the time to do something wildly different and also just spit in the face of people that liked michael myers holy crap well yeah <laughs> again a movie i have yet to see so Lucky. i know right i i get to i get to just sit here and be like yeah man i i really liked um um, um <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent that was fantastic uh <laughs> so there's that do you have oh, any boy. other worsts of the year josh i mean the, not really the, there's i thankfully i saw i haven't seen jurassic world domination so that can't be on the dominion domination is yeah, a better yeah. name though yeah, absolutely. Jurassic World Domination sounds like an NXT pay-per-view. Gross. Um, I didn't see Rise of Gru, so I have no idea. That how wasn't good. bad. I mean, that wasn't bad, actually. I, it's doing. It did really well at the box office. So how bad could it be? It's a kids um, movie. 
Yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, didn't see Elvis, so I can't tell you whether how good or bad that was. Um, didn't see Nope. Didn't see Light Lightyear. Didn't see Smile. Like Smile is awesome. I need to. It's on my list. Um, I almost pooped myself. (laughs) Uh, well, maybe go to the bathroom before you (laughs) before you watch a movie. Nah, man, it's Um, all part of the experience. Y'all smiling (laughs) with your poop. Oh man, but no, yeah. As far as like worst movies, I do try to tend to try to be like more positive when it comes to moves, movies. So that and that's kind of why like it is a worse thing to have a no reaction to a movie than it is to actually have hate for for a movie. In my opinion, at least. So then, before we get to best movies of the year, which I definitely have yeah. mine ranked from five to one, we gotta talk MVPs of the movie and entertainment industry in twenty twenty two. And for me, I don't know about you, Josh. This was the easiest thing in the world to me because there really only is one MVP. And that to me, there's no even remote arguing about it. Say what you want about the person, but Tom Cruise is single-handedly the MVP for the movie industry in 2022 because Maverick was supposed to come out last year. And he's like, no, I insist because I am Tom Cruise and I made a deal with the devil to look <laughs> eternally young. I need this movie to come out in theaters and paramount's like we're we're literally dying over here but okay sure (laughs) we'll we'll trust you i don't like saying it very often but gosh dang it tom cruise was right and right in a (laughs) huge way yeah absolutely honestly take top gun maverick out of the equation and it's one of the worst box office years of all time this year had such long droughts of nothingness. That's why we're so excited for 2023. And even when movies come out, like people are still kind of hesitant. It's not even so much like a post 2020 thing. It's people's tastes are different, but I also think studios didn't really go all in with box office this year. Like they should have, unless you're paramount, in which case you did. And it paid dividends for you. So Maverick had ungodly success. Like we talked about it. It was like in the top five for what, 14 weeks straight and it's the highest grossing movie of 2022 not even remotely close so i'm it's hard to see anybody other than tom cruise getting the mvp for this of great performance in the movie being so actively involved with maverick making sure that it's the movie that it is but insisting okay this is a movie for the theater that is meant for a theater audience and i want to stick this thing out when it is right for everyone to see in theaters. And that paid off big time. It saved Paramount big time. But also, without Maverick, this box office is even worse than it already is. So I, yeah. MVP has to go to him, I think. Oh, I agree. I was gonna. I just did Top Gun Maverick in general uh, because the rest of the cast kills it as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but definitely a shout-out to Tom to... <laughs> I want to say foresight, but I think we both know he was like, no, I want that payday. Exactly. Uh, And to his credit, I don't think this movie hits as hard as it does unless you see it in the theater first. Um, I think it is definitely a movie that you are benefited by seeing it in the theater first, at least Um, definitely showing that, Hey guys, like if you make a good movie, 
um, box office absolutely is still there. Uh, but I think people, because of the the economy, people are still going to be more picky about movies that they go to. Uh, word of mouth means a whole lot now. Um, that's why Multiverse had absolutely no legs uh, because parents were well. told. Parents told other mm-hmm. parents, "Hey, your mm-hmm. child will be traumatized. Don't take them." Yes, this is not a mar- which, to be fair, they did again did not do a good job of marketing it. Um, I think. M- Studios found out this year that if you don't market your movie well, it doesn't do well. Uh, Top Gun Maverick marketed a bunch. It was everywhere, um, but also positive word of mouth. Exactly. I told everyone I knew to see it. They told, exactly. They told even people that I know that don't go to the movies very often that only see like four movies a year saw yes. Maverick at least twice. Like, yes. I'm very often the only guy that I know that sees movies more than twice. If I really like something, I know multiple people that saw Maverick multiple times. It was like, this is a, you have to see it repeatedly. It's Maverick is also just, it, we'll talk about it later. It's a movie that was, you don't get it a lot nowadays of it's very much an old school throwback adventure story. Yeah. Adventure may not be the right word, but just like it's big and bombastic. You've got the, I told Helen when we were getting out of the theater when Lady Gaga's belting Hold My Hand, which she better get an Academy Award for that. That's such Beautiful. a good song. I Beautiful. miss when there's that big, huge, powerful song at the end of a movie. Like Aquaman with Skylar Grey having, um, oh, it's, what's that song at the end of Aquaman? That, like, I need a big song during the credits. I love that. And Maverick has that old school, like, 90s classic cinema yeah. feel to it that you need to experience with a family. So I completely agree. Let's get into our top five best movies of the year. Josh. And this is, this is definitely like our favorites. Oh yeah. Oh Uh, yeah. Cause I think there's some on this list that will definitely be like guilty pleasures. As far as like, if you know us, this, these lists will not be surprising at all. (laughs) So what's your number five there, Josh? Number five is got to be the unbearable weight of massive talent. Mine too. Uh, it's it's so good. Um, it's everything we expected and more. Um, it just it's so good, and it's hard to to not love that movie. Yeah, I was I didn't know where it would be for you, but yeah, it is also my number five. Of Heather and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. We actually saw it on our anniversary this year. Um, Aww. I was like, we're seeing Nicolas Cage? Yeah, we're seeing Nicolas Cage. Good call. Uh, but we both walked away so thoroughly enjoying it. Of Yeah, it works on a funny level, but also it's just... If you know the story of Nicolas Cage and the difficulties that he's had over the past few years, it, it yes. works that much better. Like, it's not 100% accurate. That's the point of a comedy, but it's still... Yes. It works really, really well. Um, here's what I'm going to surprise some people. My number four... And so many people are going to have this as number one and probably going to be mad at me for it, but everything everywhere all at once at number four. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I just liked other movies better, I think. And also it's just, it's both a good and a bad thing for everything everywhere all at once. There's a lot to take in with the movie. Like you don't really it get is. to catch yeah. your breath. And also just like, you got to be ready to feel a lot in this movie because you're gonna feel just yes. about everything in it yeah absolutely i it's definitely on my list but it's not 
I hate to be like, it's not down in the four, uh, but it's definitely on my list. Um, my number four is Sonic 2. <laughs> I freaking loved Sonic 2. Um, I know that on the like Rotten Tomatoes, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, Suck but, it, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Sonic 2 is cinema. Scorsese uh, loves it. Here's the thing. As someone who grow, grew up watching Sonic X every Saturday morning, um, it's absolute peak Sonic content. It is way better than any of us deserved. But um, I, the only thing I can think of, the like, the studio saw our reaction to Ugly Sonic, and they were like, despite, you know, regardless of your, of your cons- conspiracy theories, my um, right theories you mean <laughs> uh well okay to be fair they have him um the animated animation director on the corridor crew show uh i want to see a month ago and he was like no no it was just something that slipped past and unfortunately uh anyway, that's what they want uh, us to believe <laughs> uh but but god did did they did they listen to their fans and they were just like you know what this has a bigger fan base than we thought it did. Let's just lean all the way into it. And they absolutely do that in Sonic 2. And, and we are all the better for it. <laughs> what is your number three? Number three is everything everywhere all at once. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of crazy that like I watched this movie like last night. Um, and I still think about it. There's a lot. I, I still think about it. It's been like 24 hours. Um, <laughs> but like you definitely don't get a chance to to uh to catch your breath you definitely have to be ready to feel um but there's a lot of very very interesting truths that they cut they they speak in both direct and non-direct ways um the acting is incredible everybody like is absolutely knocking it out of the park um to the point by by the time it ended the only thing I was sad about was that I wouldn't get to see the future that these characters make together after the events of the movie. Everything matters and nothing matters. It's yes. Oh, it's just like when that happens and I'm just like, just, you just kind of sit there stunned. Just going, I, I have been shaken to my core. By a movie. It's oh it's so well done. Uh, oddly enough, the moment that I started to get like I mean, that that whole last back back forth is heavy, 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 heavy. Because it, it becomes pain painfully obvious what the story is actually about. Um but the moment that I started, I got goosebumps, and that was like I started to be like, oh no. Um was this is such, this is such indicative of what the of the movie but when they're the rock people and the rock turns around and has googly eyes and starts chasing yeah, the, the rock, daughter yeah. rock i was like oh no you I'm made about rocks to like, with googly eyes you made them make josh cry <laughs> i legit was like oh no oh no here we go <laughs> i'm not ready for this and the like, donut. I was like, to be fair, to be quite honest, when um the daughter spoilers, I guess, uh, when the daughter says, You have to let me go, and she just goes, Okay, I was like, my heart snapped. I was like, No, 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 don't do this. No, and then like they take just the right amount of time, and oh gosh, she pulls her out. I God, what an incredible movie. 
I love it. It's definitely not for everyone. No, it's bonkers. Uh, bonkers insane. The stuff that's on um, Jamie Lee Curtis's desk. Yeah, dude. Uh, Apparently I'd that's like, a power up. Uh, dude, uh, the hmm, when, <laughs> when it's a, it's when it's revealed how you get to jump from dimension to dimension and then you have those two guys that have to go to a specific dimension and do very specific things yeesh <laughs> i was not okay anyway but yeah i i could gush about that movie a lot i think this will be on josh's somewhere else but my number three after very careful consideration matt reeves is the batman i feel that absolutely it's just it's a very very close race between two and three but just on reflection i love the batman but i think there's some parts uh, towards the middle, the stuff with Falcone, I'm just like, yeah. the Falcone Catwoman subplot, I'm like, I don't dig this as much as some other stuff. Anything with yeah. the Riddler, fantastic. One of the best superhero finales of all time, the fact that it's not some big beat-em-up section, it's we need to rebuild the city together and, super, and not Superman, Batman metaphorically dying and being reborn as hope and being reborn as the Batman instead of vengeance. I think I mm -hmm. love the intentional choice to not have him be called Batman for most of this movie, but instead be called vengeance. And then for that to be spat back in his face in the finale of going, your rhetoric is that of violence and anger that will only get you so far. You will inspire the wrong people with that message. I'm just going, Oh, hi. Yes. This is a dark movie. But in the words of another Batman movie, the night is darkest just before the dawn, and the dawn is coming. I love that the movie's entrenched in darkness for most of it, but it literally ends with the sun rising on a new day. It's so well done. And also, they say the word Bloodhaven at the end, so you know, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, and that Cinema. is why it is my number two. Um, I loved this movie so much from the visuals from the fact that we never get a batman going hey these are all my gadgets scene um i love that he just whips out a new one and we're like oh okay yep that's a thing cool makes sense um i penguin i'm still i've seen the makeup that tutorials. wasn't Colin i'm not Farrell. convinced there's no way that that's Colin. oh it's so good the 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 batmobile perfect like that is for a for a, for a starter batmobile perfect dude um, when that Cat thing Woman. kicked onto my theater when the engine's oh, rumbling dude. i'm not even a car person but even i was just going oh. oh let's go um a shot in the trailer that could have easily not been as impactful the when penguins in the car upside down and batman's walking towards him could have easily just been like oh i saw this in the trailer it's not as cool uh but ends up being an incredible sequence. Uh, the the fact that like Batman, uh, he like I, I'm trying not to rehash what you what you said, but like absolutely the fact that he goes by vengeance intentionally, and he's as he in his ending monologue says like, you know, I. I I'm absolutely going to be inspiring the wrong people with this message. I have to be something more than vengeance, more than justice. I, I, and it just, to me, it definitely speaks to, uh, a conversation that a lot of recent Batman comics have, have really tried to have with themselves of like, okay, so do 
supervillains in the Batman universe exist before because Batman exists, or do they exist just because? And to be fair, the Riddler goes, yeah, I saw your work and was like, oh, I can do that too. Uh, just it's such a a good fresh take on a character we have seen over and over and over and it's one that i think i like the best to this day um it takes everything good about the nolan batman and pull, throws everything out that's bad it takes everything good about you know the the burton batman and it takes everything good about the zack snyder batman and puts them puts it all together in a very interesting package that easily could be rewatched and is easily one of the best Batman performances ever. Um, and to no small part about the fantastic acting ability of Robert Pattinson. Now, I think I still kind of debate to this day between the Batman and mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick of which has the better score and soundtrack, because honestly, True. both of them are so good. Michael Giacchino, rushed it with the batman like i love that we get the almost jaws-esque boom yeah boom boom but then once that's done it's immediately followed up by the this beautiful sarajevo almost of like calming uplifting hopeful music i'm going wait this is in a batman music as well wait you're saying batman could be hopeful what a, what a novel <laughs> concept like yes batman's a creature of the night and of darkness but they're still good in him. I oh, music spectacular. The movie's awesome. Just wish I liked the middle chunk a little bit more. But it's still yeah, darn I don't, good movie. Yeah, I don't blame you for not liking that chunk. Now, my other, my number two, one that Josh hasn't seen yet because it was only available for a limited time. Because Netflix are a bunch of morons. Last Onion, Knives Out mystery, a Knives Out mystery. So Knives Out two, kind of. But here's the thing. I still firmly believe that this could have been a Knives Out prequel, actually, just as much as it is as a sequel, because it's not, they don't reference the first movie at all. This is completely its own separate independent thing. Knives Out was my favorite movie of 2019, so I was fully prepared to be disappointed with this movie because just going, there's no way it's going to be as good as the first. I still prefer the first one, but it's more of a style choice of like, all right, which cast do you prefer and which overall style do you like? Because the first one mm -hmm. was definitely more of that fall foliage, like you're going to need a sweater when you watch it type of thing, like yeah. cold New England. This is breezy cruise type style of like linen and Hawaiian shirts, swimwear, chill, best friend party. Like which which is more of your vibe here? Benoit Blanc continues to be one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Daniel Craig is having so much fun with this, but Dave Batista is great. Jessica Henwick is great. Kate Hudson's awesome. The entire cast is spectacular. Danielle Monet is asked to do a lot in this movie, and she absolutely crushes it. Um, without delving too much into it, she is kind of the Ana de Armas type character for this mm. movie. Um, and I think Nizal put Ana de Armas on the map, and I hope, like, Janelle Monet is already a pretty established name, but I hope this gets her even more recognition. I need more Knives Out after Glass Onion. It is so well done, 
Edward Norton plays a douche incredibly well. Shocker. Because he is one. Um, uh. <laughs> Josh, I, you're going to love Glass Onion. And I, I really hope when it comes to Netflix, after a little bit of time, it goes back to theaters because I think you'll enjoy this movie more if it's in theaters. You don't need to see it in theaters, but I think you'll have more fun with it in a theater. I, I can totally see that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it definitely was one of those situations where I did. I knew it had a limited release, but I didn't realize how limited it was going to be. Five um, freaking days. Yep. Um, it, and honestly, it's my fault for not planning better. Um, our, geez, are we are we about to talk about our favorite movies of the year? I'm actually, if it's what I think it is, I'm more surprised that this is your number one as well. If it is, because I thought. The Batman was going to be your number one. But so, hey, man, the Morbin time can surprise us all, I guess. <laughs> it's Morbin time. Morbin, Morbius is also my favorite. No, I'm kidding. Um, so oddly enough, this is a movie we have not talked about yet today. <gasps> it's not really. Yes. Oh, now I'm curious. Um, I liked this this movie surprised me way more than i thought it would um it was had way more heart than i expected uh the cast is was incredible everything about this movie was incredible uh the action fantastic pacing perfect um setups uh jokes that were set up you know way in the beginning or our payoff you know setups and payoffs fantastic bullet train is easily one of my favorite movies of the year and i can't like really i, just, I love bullet train so much i've watched it two or three times since they put it on netflix i i just love that movie so much brad pitt and never ever ever would i have sat sat here and been like yo one of my favorite movies this year stars brad pitt and he's one of my favorite things about it um he is absolutely killing it in that movie um the entire cast honestly is killing it uh, everybody brings it the the reveals at the end are perfect uh the deaths that happen uh, in the most spectacular and interesting ways uh, there's just so much to love about bullet train and i, I honestly I, I almost put it in underrated because i'm not sure a lot of people saw this movie um but definitely my favorite movie this year. It does every it, it it is something fresh. It feels like if if um it feels like knives out, but like done in the same style as the first Kingsman movie, almost. It's like those obviously like the directors have something in common, but like it definitely has that like feel of like a knives out in the, the Kingsman one's uh you know kind of world. And I it's hard for me to to not talk about bullet train um and i'm just glad that you know it's it, it that i get to talk about it yeah i'm not going to lie that kind of throws me for a loop i i for one forgot that you saw bullet train too i love bullet train um i'll throw in the underrated as an honorable mention to you there josh but yeah i, I appreciate it <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just don't know if I'd put it in at like upper echelon, especially when I've talked about it all episode. It has to be <laughs> Top yeah. Gun Maverick is my favorite movie of the year, but also like it's been a while since maybe Avengers Endgame since I've had like such a a theater experience. But when I've gone back and watched it at home, the movie still holds up. That's how I know it's good as opposed to as I like it still. 
Endgame doesn't hold up as much when you're watching it at home when you don't have a crowd screaming at Captain America mm-hmm. lifting Mjolnir. Like, it's still good, but as time progresses, <laughs> and- the narrative shine has come off a little bit. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, the whole thing where he says, Avengers assemble. And whispers right it instead. Charge. Yeah, the, it, doesn't, it doesn't hit as hard, it, 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 especially when you think about it. But Maverick... <laughs> You can see it on a big screen, but you can also watch it at home, and it still really holds up, I think. Um, yes, you could see it as a movie about, yeah, the good Americans go pew-pew and go real fast to blow up maybe Russians, maybe <laughs> yes. Koreans, maybe Chinese. We don't know. Um, I appreciate that they don't give them, like, a, a nationality. Yeah, I thought they were Russian, but maybe they never said. Maybe that's just me projecting on things. And I think Absolutely. maybe that's the point. <laughs> uh, you could read it as Americans go zoom, zoom. But there's more layers to it. Like I said, it's like a good onion. It's got layers. It's like a, it's like a good ogre. Um, you peel it back. You could look at it from the perspective of... Get out. <laughs> You can look at it from the perspective of, in reality, it's about old school versus new school. The fact that the grand finale fight is Tom Cruise and his F-14 Tomcat that he had in the original movie versus the most modern, sleek, and high-tech fighters of the current age. Which also, let's be honest, honorable mention for top moment is when they shoot the missiles at the new ship and it does that like... You turn in midair and dodges and yes. And Rooster's going, "What the f was that?" And then my whole theater's going, "Yeah, what the f was that?" Like we all <laughs> kind of had the whole same reaction of, "They can do that now." I I didn't know it could do that. Y'all are screwed. Y'all are gonna <laughs> die. And the whole time you know, Hangman is gonna bail them out Han Solo style because, in the words of pitch meetings, they're doing a Star Wars. Which if y'all haven't seen the Top Gun Maverick pitch meeting, it is. So good. Oh, so we're doing a Star Wars. We're not doing a Star Wars. But you said as our heroes follow down a narrow canyon that they can't go too high because the guns will shoot them and they have to shoot something really, really small from a great distance without the targeting computers that'll blow up a specific secret base. And then the hero has to turn off his targeting computers and sense where to shoot. Hmm, not a Star Wars. And the the main guy (laughs) trained the father or fought alongside the father of the main character in this one. Not a Star Wars at all. Um, But you can look at it as new versus old, not just in technology, but in filmmaking. Tom Cruise could be saying, yes, I still believe in the old blockbusters model, whereas everyone's going, no, we've got to do streaming and at home releases. No, cinematic is still the way to go. Yes, it is a spectacle. Still a darn good narrative story about I'd love you could basically sum up the entire movie in one scene when he when Tom Cruise is with John Hamm of we brought you in here to train these people how to do the mission and to teach them how to come home. And to teach them how to come home. That sums up the entire movie right there. It's not about a successful mission. It's about not ironically not repeating the sins of the past. Something more yes. reboots need to learn. I love that Maverick has to learn from sins of the past. You could apply that to both the movie, but also current reboots in general and franchises. Don't just do what you did before. You've got to change. You've got to evolve. I 
There's so many good ogre layers in this movie. I love it so much. <laughs> A cake has layers. <laughs> Oh, Pop delicious. I love a good Shrek reference, but yeah, Maverick is absolutely up there. Um, I felt that it would be too easy to put Maverick in the top five favorite movies of the year. Uh, it's absolutely as close to perfect as you can get. Um, when it comes to blockbusters, uh, it definitely is MVP, and for that reason, I was just like, you know what. It is absolutely one of the most important movies this year, and I'll give it that title. It number one for me will still stay. Will still be Bullet, bullet Train, but yeah, Top Gun Maverick is hard, very hard to ignore. Yeah, Josh, you have any closing thoughts as we wrap this thing up? Not really. I'm like I'm pretty excited about you know next year. I think I've been. Uh, kind of glancing at everything that's going to come out next year and i'm getting really 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 hyped like i didn't know that wes anderson has another movie coming out next year start getting your predictions in your top 10 list ready i got you buddy (laughs) uh but i'm also like pretty excited about what you and i have have learned from this year uh for uncharted media and what we're hoping to do next year um I think we've taught ourselves to not overpromise, and we've 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 learned. We're gonna underpromise and overdeliver. Overdeliver. We've we but like more than that, we've learned our limits, and we learned what 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 we're good at, what we're not good at. Um, and I just I'm really happy about what we've done this year. Um, I'm happy for movies in general, everything that's come out. We, all things being said, we definitely had more good movies than bad movies come out this year. Um. Which is, I mean, I can see her and say, you know, that's never happened before. It definitely sucks that the box office still isn't exactly where it used to be. But I think next uh, year we'll remedy that. I th- agree. I think it, we, we'll be coming into next year after seeing some incredible movies and people realizing that while streaming is definitely a viable option, uh, nothing quite trumps the theater experience and that's right amc maybe put that trailer that that you put in your movie theaters on like tvs and not like i don't know in the theater promotion to uh, for to get me in the theater when i'm already there i want to see nicole kidman in places besides amc how hard (laughs) is that of a concept to put out there But yes, we we hope to make 2023 a big year for movies. Now we're going to go off, take a break, recharge our batteries, come back with all new creative juices because we got to swap out our old juices. Going to leave that where it stands. (laughs) Well, we hope you have a great rest of your year. Hope you guys have a great... I hope you've enjoyed the year that we've had. Um... What has been your favorite movie that you saw this year? What's the best movie you saw? What's the worst movie you saw? What's the number one movie moment or TV moment that stood out to you by far this year? Let us know down in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you see and want to see more, subscribe to us whatever platform you're listening to us on. Whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, our goal for 2023 is to get us to 1,000 subscribers and get this little small film community that we are building even larger so we can kind of just hang out and talk movies together, help us get there, spread the love with other movie fans. And as always stay sharp movie guys and gals.